0: For free at Luckylandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We
2: will. call the show at 877-729-1070. Send a tweet at My Killer Show. Now, here's My Killer. I
3: will get high.
4: and come into the radio station. So when I do certain things, I notice. And I can tell you right now that those of us who do talk radio, whether it be political talk or sports talk, we are the last line of human beings in a media company like this. That's it. We are the last thing standing between a human being and completely robotic radio. Because there are like six studios in here. There are no people in them, except for the talk stations. That would be uh, 1130 WISN, and the Big 920 here, and the Big 1070 in Madison. Everything else is automated. They don't need people. Oh, we're keeping the human spirit alive in radio. I suppose they could replace us with robots at some time. I could be talking like a robot. We could say that the Packers defense does not play well. We need to get rid of Dom Capers. They need to fire the defensive coordinator. Yeah, I could do that. Oh yeah, I could do. Yeah. Yeah. They could they could soundtrack me doing that. Uh hi, I'm Ted Davis. Uh, Mike Heller is on vacation again. I'm filling in. Um I know one thing. There's one guy we could replace with a robot. It's uh today's producer, John Audius. Hi, John. Hey fellas, what's up? Push button. Push button. <laughs>
5: you can program that pretty easily nowadays, I bet.
4: How many radio stations they have in, you know, uh, a secret here. I'm in Milwaukee. John's in Madison. See, I know it sounds like we're right here together, like we're just side by side. But we're not. He's in Madison. So how many radio stations do you have in your complex there? So we got six of them here. Uh huh. Any people in there other than talk people? Uh, surprisingly, yes. At least half of them are filled right now. Really? Yeah. By tomorrow, I bet you it's down to just one. Yeah. I, I just strolled up this the one. hall here. <laughs> yeah. And except for the two talk stations here at the end, there are no people in any other studios, and they're on the air. I mean, they're you know they're doing stuff. They're playing songs, and they're having some guy say something. But there's not a human being, and they're running the whole contraption.
5: Well, tomorrow so, at this time, there won't be more than like five people in the entire entire building because yeah. everybody gets off early. They yep. leave. For their Christmas vacation, their Christmas holiday, there are a couple of times where this building goes pretty much empty, except for the talk stations. Yeah. That is um, summertime from eleven to two when it's seventy-five degrees outside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, All I those sales that. calls—that's the most uh, important sales time of the uh, of the year, I, I, I think. When it's seventy-five degrees and sunny,
4: yeah. eleven um, to two, and then uh, Christmas—it's just gone. All right. Uh We did three hours yesterday because Mike was gone, and uh, I'm proud to say that all three hours went to the Broadcast Hall of Fame. Do you know that, John? Right to the Broadcast Hall of Fame. I didn't know that. Wow. And I got a text from the Hall of Fame guy. Uh, I don't know his name. He just said he's a Hall of Fame guy. And he said, congratulations. We've never had a show with all three hours going to the Hall of Fame. And he says, man. And I said, well, I'm doing three hours again today. He goes, well, you can't top yesterday. And I said, you watch. We're going to top yesterday. So all three hours of this show are going to go to the Broadcast Hall of Fame, just like yesterday. There's no let-up in our game. We are locked and loaded. We're given 110%. We're playing it one hour at a time. And these hours are going to the Broadcast Hall of Fame. Because one of the things we did yesterday, uh, John and I fixed the Green Bay Packer problems. We fixed them yesterday. John, you remember the exact moment when we fixed the Green Bay Packers problems? Uh, could you refresh my memory of that exact moment? Uh, It was when I said, fire Dom Capers and okay. tell Ted Thompson to draft better. Okay, yeah, yeah, we got that done. Yep, got that done. And a little bit later, I'm going to play Radio GM. I love to play Radio GM. And the premise of this, there are all these rumors out there, and by the way, at 4.30, we're going to talk to Sean Devaney, covers the NBA for the sporting news, and he had a... Uh, An article posted today at the Sporting News on some of the trade rumors that are going around in the NBA. And the biggest one is, where will DeAndre Jordan end up if the L.A. Clippers trade him? And one of the teams mentioned as a landing spot for him is Milwaukee. And so, as Radio GM, I'm going to take you through the process of getting a phone call from the L.A. Clippers. And they want to trade DeAndre Jordan, which would make your team better defensively. There's no question about that. But they're asking... They're asking for Jabari Parker. So as Radio GM, in this imaginary scenario, it's just just me as Radio GM taking an imaginary call from an imaginary GM about an imaginary trade, what would I do? That'll be coming up later, too. So right now, as we start the program, uh, the format says we have to do three at three. So let's do three at three.
2: This is the big three at three—the top three trending sports stories this hour. Number three.
5: First off, shout out to the NBA because every year the rumor mill with trades are top notch, right? I mean, every year there's like, ooh, what about this guy to this team and that guy over here, and who will they give up? That doesn't
4: happen in the NFL. Yeah, we know how to feed the kitty when it comes to oh. uh, trade rumors, and we get we get people going. Oh, an off-season free agency. Oh, yeah. Jeez.
5: MBA yeah, rules that. in that. Totally. Yep. Uh, I had a question for you, Ted, and maybe you could answer, and maybe I've been doing this wrong the whole time. Okay. You know an all-way stop, a four-way stop? Yeah. Okay. So sometimes it's more than just four cars. It's like two cars per stop sign, right? You can take a right. left or go straight, and it's yes. eight, like an eight-way stop. Right. <clears throat> okay. So on a four-way stop, it's first come, first serve, right? First, second, third, fourth. Unless Pretty much,
4: if you arrive at the same time, you, you have to yield, yield to the person to your right. To your right, right.
5: And and yeah. if if there is, if you do come in a different order, but you have to take a right and you're not interfering with anybody, I'm sure, just go ahead and take a right. Don't wait. Until, go ahead and take the right and, and get on. the heck out of the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep it moving. Yeah. Uh, on an eight way stop, it gets kind of confusing, right? So I I I, I go through this intersection with there's an eight way stop basically every every morning, and am I still supposed to follow the rule of stopping? Uh, first come, first serve, like if I'm number six in line, I have to wait till number six's turn, right?
4: Like you're, not, you're moving up one car by one car by one no, car? No, I just mean
5: if if like six cars come to the four-way stop. Um. Well, how do you count that? I don't know. Do you count like that guy on my right was one, two was in front of me, three, I'm four, that guy to my Here's left is five? You,
4: you just do? always go to your right. Like the guy to the right goes, then the guy to the right of him goes, and then it kind of makes a circle and it comes around to you. You don't you don't go in the order of what you got there, not necessarily. Oh, I get I well, that doing big it wrong. of a stop? No, because who arbitrates that? I got there before you. I got there ten seconds before. I got there two seconds before you did. Because See? I kind of cut off a lady today because she she went out of order. Did she uh, horn you and flip?
6: No,
5: you? I well I horned her. <laughs> it's like my turn, lady. So I'm just wondering, am I supposed to? If anybody knows the correct way to handle then eight? Because I get a four way. I mean that's. That's pretty easily figured out, yeah. I would think, and yeah. you yield if there's a tie and everything. Um, but with, like, eight cars converging at once, it gets kind
4: of crazy with the count- counting system, and I'm wondering if I'm doing that right, because this lady I went out in, I did not grow up in Wisconsin. I've been here for 21 years, and one thing I hate, and I know we have them, and I apparently the State Department of Transportation loves them, I hate these roundabouts. Oh, don't get us started on the roundabouts. Oh, Because nobody knows how to do it. Right. You know, there's a yield sign that doesn't mean you stop. You look, and if there's nobody there, you just blend in and go around. You don't have to stop with a yield sign. And so many people just stop. Don't stop. Just keep going. We had a whole show about this, and Heller accused me of stopping because
5: I said I would stop if there's a car coming. Right. Otherwise, you just kind of sneak out, and then you go if you have the opportunity. So we both agreed, but Mike got all all on my case because he says I stop it at roundabouts, which you're not supposed to do, unless there's a car that could go right in front of you, right by you,
4: and keep right. going straight. Then you stop. And you stop, huh. and you wait to see what they're doing, and then you go. The other thing is yielding onto the freeway, or Ooh. blending onto the freeway on an access ramp. That's a tough one. You need to pick up speed. You don't need to slow down. Okay, there, I'm done. Oh, one other thing, then. Um, the
5: guy <laughs> who is, like you're, he's slowing down in front of you, so you go to the left to pass him, and then he speeds yeah. up. And he doesn't oh, yeah. know how to use the cruise control. So he ranges well, from 55 like well, to he's, 70. He, he's distracted by his phone or something, too. Yeah, probably, too. Yeah. All right. So if you have any distract, not distracted drive, any driving pet peeves, or if you have my answer for my all-way, eight-way stop, let us yeah. know at John Audius Radio, at NBA TED, at Mike Keller. Show number two. A Devontae Adams shut down, not going to play Saturday versus the Vikings. Uh, I'm guessing they should probably shut him down for the season. What'd you think of that decision?
4: Is this the second time he's had a concussion issue this year? It is, right? Yeah, Danny Trevathan blasted him in the head. Right. In the Chicago game, and then he had another concussion out of the Thomas Davis hit. Did I read correctly that his suspension got reduced to one game? It did. Well, then the NFL should just shut up about protecting their players. They don't mean it. They don't. If you're going to suspend a guy two games for a dirty hit, keep it two games. Either that or the players got to start policing themselves. Because the league, for all of their blather about, oh, we're trying to protect the players. Okay, there's a hit that you need to send a message to the players that we're not going to take this. Two games sends a message. When you reduce it to one, that says we really don't care about this stuff. But do you
5: blame right. the NBA or do you blame the Players Association, which I'm sure you know
4: negotiated the right to appeal in their collective bargaining agreement? Well, I understand the right to appeal, but there, you don't have to necessarily cave in every time. I see what you're saying. You're the league, you control things, you're the boss. I mean, you've ever had a an issue with your boss and do you win every time you have an issue with your boss? No, you don't. In fact, you rarely do. So, there. All right. Um should they shut him down for the season? Yes. Just like Aaron Rodgers and oh my gosh. John, hmm. what's that game going to be like Saturday night? I'm actually glad I can't watch it cuz I have a game. I'm in Charlotte. I'm doing the I'm doing a game when the game is on. So, how are the Packers going to score any points? Ted, there might be more people tuning into that game than the Packers game. I'm just uh, saying. It's still the, well, it's still the Packers, and there's a state law that you have to watch it. You know that.
5: I, I do, but you're right. With Devontae Adams, and I think I think they should just shut him down for the final two. It's the right decision. You don't want to uh, risk him taking another uh, random you know hit to the head and a third concussion in a game at the end of the season that doesn't mean anything. I would shut him down for the year. Um But I don't know, because
4: Hundley's favorite target is Devontae Adams. And he has thrown zero touchdown passes at Lambeau Field this year. Hmm. Are the Packers going to even score 10 points? The defense will have to. No, forget that. They can't do that either. I was going to say the defense is going to have to make a play to score a touchdown, and we know they can't. Okay, but okay. how about this? Over, under, nine and a half points scored by the offense.
5: Because who knows, maybe the defense or special teams gets lucky and, and scores somehow. So over, under, Hundley's offense versus the Vikings' defense, nine and a half points. Is that too
4: low? Is that sound about right? Um, I think it's too low, but if you said 14, over, under 14, I'm going under 14. How about if I went, let's see here, 12 and a half. Twelve and a would say uh, 13, over They might get to thirteen. Thirteen and a half. Thirteen and a half. I'd go under. Hmm. I don't know.
5: It's it's a legitimate question. I think, and which kind of leads us to our number one. Well, let's do it. Number one poll question I put up today at John Adiias Radio. Feel free to comment, tweet at J O N A R I A S. So, how will you handle Saturday's Packers Vikings game? You'll watch all of it. You'll check in every so often you're not even going to turn it on or maybe something else i know some people are headed to the game 50% say i will watch all of it 33% i'll check every so often 15% not even going to turn it on what do
4: you think well that tells you everything you need to know about packerland it's a meaningless game and yet the packers are the thing man we know this all of us who work for other franchises we know this they're the they're the big kid on the block they're you can't you can't knock them off they're there They're ingrained. Watching Packer football is, it's a tradition here. We just do it. That's what we do. So, yeah, I I can see why people would watch. And you might have the thrill of upsetting the Vikings. There's always that hope. You could upset the Vikings. You could mess them up. You could mess up the Vikings, the team that messed up your season. Those big bullies, they slammed. Those mean Minnesota people. I'm telling you, Min- people from Minnesota are not nice. Hey. I know they look nice. I know they talk nice. I know they have that funny accent. I know they have strange names where they're spelled A R I A R A R I A S, oh. yeah. but it's actually obvious. I know strange people in Minnesota. They seem nice, but they're not. They're mean people. They hurt your quarterback. They ruined your season. Watch and see if they can beat them on Saturday night. That's what we're going to be doing, John. That's <laughs> what we're going to be doing. Those mean Minnesota people. You know what's going to happen?
5: because they struggle against the Bucks and the Browns and can't score against the Ravens, but then have a, a shootout type of game against the Steelers. They'll probably play Minnesota tough right down to the wire. They'll be over that thirteen and a half or whatever number we finally f- settle on. You know it's going to be like that, right? That's the yeah, way because the NFL is beat- so silly like that.
4: And they'll probably beat the Vikings and break your heart.
5: You know how I wonder how NFL Packers fans, how Packers fans feel about. Um, because you mentioned obviously the injury to Aaron Rodgers, are you still like bitter about that? Are fans still bitter because Stefan Diggs said basically in a TwinCities.com dot com article, um, hopefully they move past it.
4: Are you still well, bitter there are as still- a Packers? Fan? See, he doesn't know Packer fans, John. There are still people who are bitter about Brett Favre.
6: Slash careers.
4: Yeah. People here hold a grudge for a long, long time. It's icy. It's cold. It goes right to the the icy center of a heart. And we don't let go. So, no, they haven't forgiven the Vikings for wrecking Roger's shoulder and ruining what could have been a Super Bowl year. Nope. Nope. Ain't going to happen. Nope. All right. That's our three at three. Coming up at four at four. We'll have four at four. And then five, we'll have five at five. But when we come back, Mike McCarthy spoke to the press today, and they asked him some questions. What are you going to do to improve the team? And we'll hear what he had to say. That'll be coming up next. I'm Ted Davis with John Audius, And then coming up at 3.30, uh, we'll have uh, who? Who do we have coming up at 3.30, John? Bill Huber, PackerReport.com. Bill Huber, PackerReport.com. We fixed it yesterday, though. All of you people in the media, you can stop your hand wringing. We solved it yesterday. Fire Dom capers, tell Ted Thompson to draft better. Boom, issue solved. Back after this on The Mike Keller Show, I'm Ted Davis. Every time I hear this song by Def Leppard, I think of a a show called, uh, what do they call it, Crossroads or Cross Sound or something. It was on like uh, Audition on 340 on my satellite. And what they would do is they would pair up people that you wouldn't think would sing a song together. And so one night they had Def Leppard doing this song, Sticky Sweet, all over my whatever. And singing the song while they played the music was Taylor Swift. Now, could you imagine Taylor Swift singing that song?
5: Um. Yeah, I think so. I mean, not here's really. The but uh,
4: yeah, here's the reason: Taylor Swift's mother apparently was a huge Def Leppard fan. Okay, and had like an enormous crush on the lead singer, whoever he was. And so there's Def Leppard playing the song and Taylor Swift singing it. Actually, was pretty cool. Crossroads. Crossroads. Def Leppard that was and it.
5: Taylor Swift. Pour some sugar on me.
4: Pour some sugar on me by Taylor is Swift. That, oh that, man.
5: Here we go. Is this from the CMTs? CMT Awards, or? I don't think so. This looks like a big award stage.
4: Let's hear it. She is. Well, that's enough. I'm sure the guys in the band loved hearing that. Uh, yeah, my mom really liked you. <laughs> She's dancing. It's. I actually think she sounds pretty good. She sounds pretty good. I, yeah. I. I thought it was good. Uh. Here you go. Here we go. Pour some sugar on me, baby. Oh, man. All right. That's enough. Yeah. Um, before we get to Mike McCarthy, a couple of things that uh, I've got that I don't know where to put them in. Did you see that the bucks cavs game on uh, Tuesday night is the most watched game on NBA TV this year? Oh, no. I didn't see that, no. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, 704,000 viewers. And... We'll talk about this later because at 5:15 uh, we're going to scroll on Twitter, which is something John and I do. Mike Heller doesn't allow it, but when he's gone, <laughs> oh, guess I what? We'll we do it. That's awesome. Um Skip Bayless is broken bad on the Vikings.
5: Uh-oh.
4: Yep. We'll have that coming up. Oh, no. Uh we want to take a phone call first because uh, we have a question about Devonte Adams, so uh, since you're running this whole shebang, John, who is it? And uh, let's go there. All right, Greg and Madison called.
6: Hey, hey guys. Um you know, I, I see where Devontae Adams is not playing because of the concussion, but I suspect that if it was a playoff implication here, that he would be playing. Uh, I don't know if you agree with that or not, but uh, uh, and could you also tell me maybe what the concussion protocol is or how that works?
5: Uh, it's a good, it's a good question, and and I don't know, Ted, how you feel. I think, I think with concussions, it's a little different than if you had like a bum ankle. Like, if he had a right. bum ankle, I think he'd be playing. Yeah. I think he actually has to go through the protocol. So here's how that kind of works. According to the Indy Star that was published about a month ago when they were trying to discuss uh, Jacoby Brissett and the concussion protocol. Uh, so basically, you have to undergo uh, an assessment. And you have to beat a test that uh, you had as a baseline test taken during the preseason. And they admit that an athlete may have a concussion despite being able to complete the assessment. And then the protocol, you have to rest. You uh, then have to go through a bunch more. It's, basically, you have to go through a bunch more of tests through the medical staff. And you have to pass all these baselines. And then they say, okay, I, I think you're ready
4: to go. They look for symptoms. And they go through all these things. Yeah. W- once he goes into the protocol, it's out of the team's hands. Yeah. And, and they're not supposed to pressure a player to say play if it's a playoff game. If the doctors say he's not ready, he's not ready and that's it. And, once and, the player's and the reason been cleared, that is yeah, is because yeah. the NFL is scared to death about being sued by these players. So they're now saying, okay, if you got a concussion, the doc says, no, you're out. That's it. they got the consultant and the team physician.
5: Once they clear him, then he can participate in practice and games. All right, so
4: we answered that. So there you um, go. I've never had a concussion, so I don't think I've had a concussion. Back when you got hit in the head when you were a kid, how'd you know? Exactly. I bet you I've had a concussion as a kid.
5: Man, I, I got s- hit in the
4: head with a baseball one time. That had to do something to me, didn't it? I've got hit in the head with
5: a baseball. I've fallen down, hit my head on the curb, I've lost yeah. my feet on the like on a basketball court, smashed my head. I remember that one. So yeah. maybe it wasn't a concussion. <laughs> like I remember just how bad it hurt. I'm like, oh my gosh, this one really hurts.
4: Yeah. So right. we've had um, to have concussions as kids. Uh Mike McCarthy, uh that's what happens when you have a concussion as a kid, you go into radio. Yep. Pretty much. Yeah. That's what yeah. happens? Uh, it's the brain damage. Mike McCarthy met the press today and he had things to say, and John has some, some things he said. So let's listen to things he said, John. What did he say? <laughs> well, one of the, the top things that I know Rob Domofsky
5: wrote about was, um, patterns of negativity, the three words that really stuck out to him that Mike McCarthy used. And he was talking about just evaluation and looking back at this season and getting better. And he used that term and take a listen of the patterns of negativity.
7: We have to get better through the adversity that we've been through this year. Uh, We have to be honest about the patterns of, you know, patterns of uh, negativity and positivity. You know, what, what, what comes from that? How do you learn from that? How do you improve? Because to win championships, you have to go through adverse moments and we, we've had plenty this year and, and not hitting our goal, you know, not playing to the standard of the Green Bay Packers is definitely an adverse, an adverse situation we need to learn from.
5: You've got to learn from everything that's happened this season. Well,
4: what does that mean?
7: <laughs> um,
5: what does that mean? I mean it's like,
4: okay, I, I know he said it, but what does that mean? I mean, does it mean we're going to rethink the way we do things defensively? Uh, does it mean I'm going to look at the defensive coordinator and make a decision? He, he might be back or he might not be back, but that's something we're going to look at. Uh, uh, does it mean we need to draft better? And like, does Ted Thompson need to give me better players? Uh, okay, that's
5: well. I mean, he just... kind of said he kind of hinted as far as as that's concerned of of who should be back and what we need to change. Here, take a listen. He says the next couple of weeks very important in the evaluation phase.
7: I think it's important that uh, especially these next two weeks. You know, uh, improvement comes through evaluation, application, and the hardest part is continuation. I think the eight years. Of making it uh, as a reflection of that uh, this this is a dip below the the standard line and, and everybody you know that has a part of it needs to be accountable and responsible and that's how that's that's how we will grow moving forward
5: everybody who's a part of it needs to be accountable hmm is that him talking about Dom Capers without saying Dom Capers
4: well we can read that into it yeah Um. What do you say? We've had eight years of doing this, and, you know, we we all need to be accountable. And Dom Capers has been a part of all of that, and the defense has not been good in the last few years. So if you're going to start, that's where you start because, you know, you don't, head coaches don't necessarily start with themselves. The easiest thing to do is go to the assistant coaches first. And I would think that that is something kind of sounded to me like, that's what it means, John. Yeah, I mean it sounded like this broad brush of obviously they're going to look at player
5: performances, he's going to look at himself and and how they can succeed without their star player, but I also think it seemed like it was more so directed at dom capers. Like, hey, just you know, everybody's going to be evaluated and and held accountable. And it seemed like the one the one guy who kind of stands alone on all of this is is dom capers yeah could be um and then finally he kind of was asked and he mentioned it there a couple of times just that eight-year playoff streak that's now snapped
7: i i, I don't really have the words because i haven't really thought about it you know you, you get these questions asked when things aren't, aren't aren't right you know so but it's a memory i guess um i, I think it's a reflection of our, our our program our players coaches you know support staff just the you know the way we operate You know we're consistent. Uh, That's one thing we've always strived for as as a football team, as a football operation. So I think that's clearly a reflection of that.
4: Yeah, not making the playoff stinks. Now with a healthy Aaron Rodgers, you'll be a playoff team as long as he plays. The question is, can you improve your defense enough to be a real Super Bowl contender to give yourself the best shot? Because your offense is good enough to win the Super Bowl. Your defense clearly is not. And Dom Capers, what he met the press a couple of days ago, didn't he, John?
5: Um, yeah, I think it might have been actually last night, if I'm not mistaken. And he was kind okay. of asked if if he ever didn't feel like he was giving it his all, you know, what would he do? And here's what he said:
8: If I ever feel like I can't come in and give as much
2: as I've got and and do the kind of job, you know that uh, that you want to do, then
9: then I won't do it anymore.
4: Well, that's not the issue. You coming in and giving it your best. <laughs> It's the players who need to give it their best and get better. Uh, Look, I I don't know Dom Capers. I'm sure he's a fine man, and he's been a good coach. And if he leaves, like I said yesterday, he'll make the circle, and he'll get another job and be very good in in that position, probably. But in Capers' first two years, the Packers were second and fifth in defense. Okay, that's good. But since then, they have never cracked the top ten, and they were 26th this year in a year where the defense needed to step up because your quarterback was hurt. That's not good enough. It's just not good enough. And, you know, if they're if they going to come back and tell the fan base next year, you know, as bad last year, but, you know, Ted Thompson's back, Mike McCarthy's back, Dom Capers is back, and the only thing that we're going to add is Aaron Rodgers and maybe a couple of young guys in the draft, because we're always young, and everything's going to be fine. I think most fans are going to roll their eyes and yawn, because we're not buying it anymore. Okay, well.
5: I mean, the defense obviously has been really, really bad. They've allowed 190 first down receptions this season. I've got some random stats. Second most in the NFL, tied for uh, second most. They have that 68% completion percentage allowed. That's 31st. And, Ted, I was thinking about this the other day, and you tell me if you think I'm wrong or right. I'm going to say it now in case it happens, because then I'll sound smart and I'll look back and I'll say, I told you, this might be a good thing for the Packers this season. This might be a good thing in the sense that it highlighted, hey, we really don't have that good of a team without Aaron Rodgers. What are we going to do to fix it? Okay, number one, we're going to get a better talent evaluator or a different talent evaluator. Try it a different way. Number two, we're going to get rid of our defensive coordinator because it's been 10 years and there was some success early on, not so much now. And there might be a better Packers team waiting. A better Packers team around Aaron Rodgers in the next coming years that might have come from this negativity, this adversity, like Mike McCarthy was talking about. This might be
4: the best thing that happened to the Packers. You know, when you talk like that, I hear a song in my head. What's blue that? Blue sky coming my way. Nothing but blue sky. Yeah. I'm trying Makes to sp- me feel better, John. Right, I'm trying to spin it in a positive. If, well, they, if
5: they learn from this, like he's saying, they get better. They get better uh, staff, talent, and that team is constructed better, and you throw Aaron Rodgers out there. That could be a really
4: potent team in the next few years. Got me fired up, John. Got me fired up. Changes are a coming. It's gonna be a different thing next year. Except that we know it's probably not. (laughs) Nice try, though. (laughs) Well, I tried. Well done. Bill Huber of the PackerReport.com will join us next. We'll make him Radio GM. What will he do in the offseason? That's coming up next. I'm Ted Davis with John Audius. Back in a moment. think my walk-up music is the best, but this is a strong entry. Yes, sir, Led Zeppelin. It's going to be a weird Packer weekend because they're not playing for anything, and they play on Saturday. And they play on Saturday night. Makes it even stranger, as they'll take on the Vikings at Lambeau Field on Saturday night. Bill Huber will be there to cover it for PackerReport.com. And you look at the injury issue they have now, Bill, with no Aaron Rodgers, no Devontae Adams.
1: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
6: Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and community safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov/careers.
4: Uh, Nick Perry is doubtful. Uh, Jahiri Jerry Evans is questionable. Clay Matthews questionable. Devon House questionable. It's gonna be a long Saturday, isn't it? It's got the potential to be a very long Saturday night.
11: Oh God, isn't that a fact? You know, I just wonder how many people are gonna be here for it. It's going to be, well, I have to look at the low of one on Saturday. So it's it's going to be cold. It's Christmas. The team is not going anywhere. I mean, either the place is going to be a lot of empty seats, or going to be a lot of Vikings fans making the trip over. Yeah, it's going to be, I mean, they're going to get get stopped, I would think, right?
4: Well, we were talking about this before. When you've got a quarterback who has not thrown a touchdown pass at home this year, and you're without his best receiver, the one he goes to, Devontae Adams, if we were going to say over or under for 13-and-a-half points – for the Packers on Saturday night, which way would you go?
11: I'm going to go under. I will. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the Vikings are second league in in, in scoring defense, I mean they are top five in every category other than sacks. It's against the run, against the pass, passer rating, uh, interceptions. You name it, they're top five. It's a great defense, and yeah, I mean it's, it's going to be a, a long day. And then, and but on the other hand, you know, I realize Case Keenum is in a household name, but he's his passer rating's up around 100. He's got two great receivers. A great tight end, and as you mentioned, the Packers have their top two pass rushers might not play. So it's, yeah, they're they're up against it for sure. They can talk about pride and all that stuff all they want, but it's it's going to be a huge challenge even to keep this game close. All
4: right, you heard what Mike McCarthy said today, and everybody's accountable, and we're going to evaluate everything, and we're disappointed by everything. Did anything he said stand out to you?
11: Well, all the yeah, I asked the question. I was I was fishing here, and I and I thought. Well first I buttered him up, which was with the true statement that there should be some pride that they went to plus eight straight years. It's the I mean only it's one year off the NFL record. It's a really it's a remarkable accomplishment. I know a lot of fans are poo pooing that, but it's it's that. I mean, it's a hell of accomplishment. Um so I let off with of that and then I asked, with all that said, Mike, I said, um, do you start looking at the big picture now or does that wait for two weeks? And he said, No, it starts now, Bill and then, then he said yeah, I mean, he just went on for, for a minute about it. Um, God, and what, I think it was the big of mine. I'm just brain dead today. Um, you know, the big line was basically, uh, you know, there's
5: patterns of negativity. Patterns of negativity? Is that,
11: that? of thing, Yeah, I, I used the phrase 10 times I forgot what Yes, patterns of negativity. And as soon as he said that, I'm thinking, my goodness, there's a decent chance that they make wholesale changes on defense. Because wh- where's the pattern of negativity? Not the offense.
4: Defense. The
11: special, teams, the special teams have been pretty decent this year, I would say. And remember think is the defense. So I would think for all the Packer fans who want Dom Capers out, I think uh, Mike kind of hinted that it's going to be at least a consideration, if not more than a consideration at this point.
4: Well, he controls the assistant coaches, right? He can hire and fire yeah. them if he wants, and so it's his decision. He's a loyal guy, but John made the point a minute ago before you came on that maybe in a strange way... This injury to Aaron Rodgers may eventually help the Packers because it exposed the fact that without Aaron Rodgers, they're really just an ordinary team, or maybe even below average. So they got to make some changes, and the defense is where you focus the most. Would you buy into that? Yeah, I, th- I
11: think so. Um, it's, it's, I mean, look, they got they got to the championship game last year with a beat up defense, and that wasn't very good. But ultimately, he kept capers and. You're right. You know, if, if you kept them after last year, or just considering it this year, I would think, yeah. If you look at the record, you know, if the quarterback isn't there to win games, you've got to figure out some other way, in, and they haven't been unable to do that. So, with all that said, I will say, that I still think it's a personnel problem. I mean, if you can't rush the passer, which they haven't done consistently this year, and your rookie cornerback's on injured reserve, and yeah, uh, you know. You know Demarius Randall had his rough patch early in the year, and Devon House has played a lot, but he's never really been healthy. I, I, frankly, I, I don't know what Caper's supposed to do. It's, it's, it's a He's been dealt, dealt a pretty bad hand. But, it, you know, this is now two years in a row of this, and maybe it's time for a fresh face and fresh ideas. And, you know, I wrote this after the game on Sunday. Maybe it's just start, time to start from scratch on defense. I'm talking personnel. I'm talking coaches. Just blow this whole thing up because – I just think it takes a bold solution to this plan. I don't think it's a small thing. I I don't think it's a solely a coaching thing. I just think it's a it's a big mess.
4: Bill Huber of PackerReport.com has joined us. All right, if if he if it's really not Caper's fault that the personnel he has ain't that good, well then that points to the guy drafting them, Ted Thompson. Yeah. So what do they do in that area? I don't see any see there's no this is what I've said on the air. There's no uh, hair trigger owner like a Jerry Jones or a Daniel Snyder is going to come in and just start firing people. Uh, Mark Murphy is not going to fire Ted Thompson. So, what do you do there?
11: Well, yeah, it's a great question. Um, you know, yeah, yeah, I, I, part of me wonders if there's at least been a, a, a subtle change here, um, personnel wise. If you, know, look, he never signed agents ever. I mean, well, obviously with an asterisk or two, but, all of a sudden, they signed six this year. I mean, I, I just wonder if there has been at least a, a subtle change already. You know, maybe, maybe I'm just reading way too much into what happened this offseason you know, with the free agent stuff. But, and I just wonder, haven't had have not been some sort of you know, small change in, in personnel? Um, I think. Well, here's my gonna, here's my here's my theory at, on you're this though. You're looking at a top ten record. You're going to be drafting better players. That'll that'll certainly help.
4: Well, here's my theory on the free agency thing though. He went into it, and he got Martellus Bennett, and that was a disaster. It blew up in his face, and now he can say, see, I tried free agency, and it doesn't work. I think it might make him back off even more.
11: Yeah, I just want to know if they didn't sign those free agents just because um, there's been, I don't want to say, power handle if, if, there's, if more guys have a say in things. now, I'm just wondering if, if some of these other guys up here aren't having a little bit bigger role in personnel than maybe Ted did. Um, again, I could be totally wrong with that. Just uh, guys go back, and you, you went from zero to six. I just wonder if it's, there's other, other ideas being implemented.
4: Are you buying Minnesota? Are they legit? You talked about their defense, uh, but, you know, Case Keenum, is he yes. a, well, Trent Dilfer won a quarter, won a Super Bowl with a good defense, so maybe Case Keenum can. Are you buying the Vikings?
11: I will because for the same reason why I bought why Rodgers came back to begin with, who, who scares you in the NFC? I mean, well, it was Philly until Wentz goes down. So you've got Nick Foles in Philly, you've got, uh, Case Keenan in Minnesota, you know Jared Goff's having a heck of a year, but he's still a second-year guy, and I mean, basically the entire team has never been, never seen the playoffs. You know Drew Brees doesn't throw the ball more than five yards down the field anymore. It, it's, it is as wide open as I've ever seen the NFC. So I, yeah, I buy the Vikings as much as I buy the Rams, and I buy everybody else there. It. It's, it's just so wide open. So yeah, I buy the Vikings with that defense and the ch- possibility that, you know, as Mike Zimmer said in the conference call today, this or today I'm. Wednesday. This might be their last road trip of the year. You know, they're home next week, they're home for the playoffs and home for the Super
5: Bowl.
4: Oh, you've got John Audius dreaming that little dream that they can win the Super Bowl <laughs> in their home stadium.
5: <laughs> I'm not getting too excited, guys. I told you that. I'm, I'm not going to get too... It's been 30 years since a backup quarterback and a backup running back won a Super Bowl. I know the defense yeah. is the key there, yeah, you're, but you're, still. Yeah, you're
11: right about the backup running back thing. You, you, it's not that you have a backup quarterback. I mean, they... It's not a great... I mean, the receivers are tremendous, but... You know, I, I'm not sure where what you lean on offensively
5: if you need to make a drive in a game. Well, speaking of offense, uh, Devontae Adams—he's out for the game. Is—is is he going to be shut? He's shut down for that game. Is he going to be shut down for the season?
11: Yeah, McCarthy didn't rule out playing him. I mean, for this year, you know, Rob Demasi from me had a great point. If you're Devontae Adams and you're playing for a contract, why would you play? Or maybe you say, tell the Packers, say, hey, "I'm not playing until you pay me." I. I if I'm Adams, I wouldn't play. Now, I Again, I've you always run the risk of trying to think like an athlete because those guys, you know, you, you know they're, they're what they are because they don't think like me and you do. But if I was Adams, I wouldn't play. I with that. I got yeah, money I, on,
4: on the line. Two concussions in one year, a meaningless final game with a quarterback who can't throw a touchdown pass. I think I, my concussion would last one week longer, too. So, <laughs> Bill Huber, thank you. I appreciate it. From PackerReport.com, enjoy that cold weather and that Vikings game on Saturday. <laughs> sounds good. You too, guys. Appreciate it. All right. Uh, he 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 likes your Vikings. Now, a lot of people do. Once again, Skip I'm... Bayless does not. Skip Bayless oh. hates your Vikings. What did he say? They're well, frauds. We'll do or something. it at five fifteen. Okay. All right. Sounds good. In Twitter scrolling, he broke bad on your Vikings. Man, doesn't surprise me. Referred to me. them as the same old. Tra- they'll basically he said they're going to go back to being the same old trash they've always been. Hmm? Well, with his
5: Cowboys currently out of the playoffs and <laughs> no Aaron Rodgers to bash right now,
4: he's got to pick somebody, right? He's got so he's got to channel his irrational hatred somewhere. Yeah. All right. That's the first hour of the show. It's going to the Broadcast Hall of Fame. The second one, well, it's on its way too. I'm Ted Davis in for Mike Keller with John Audius. Hour number two is coming up.
2: They're the end crowd, we're the other ones It's a different kind of cloth that we're cut from We let our color show where the numbers ain't We're the paint where there ain't supposed to be paint That's who we are This is the Mike Keller Show That's how we roll. Call the show at 877-729-1070 The Outsiders Send a tweet at Mike Keller Show The Outsiders now, here's Mike Heller.
3: Wow,
4: this is uh, this is quite the story that John Audius just uh, sent me. Oh, man, this is an eye-opener. And this explains a lot, by the way. Oh, hi, I'm Ted Davis filling in for Mike Heller. He's on vacation. He'll be back. Uh, I don't know when he's going to be back. Next week sometime. Uh, but, wow, this is some bombshell stuff. John Audius just sent me a story that I hadn't seen. Oh, hi, John. By the way, hi. Hey, fellas, what's up? Headline says it all. Former Mets slugger Daryl Strawberry opens up about having sex between innings of games. What? Oh man. Okay. So you go on down. See, this explains this explains why baseball players don't mind the three and four hour games. See? Yeah. See. This is eye opening. Uh, Strawberry enlisted locker room attendants to entice women to meet him for a tryst in the team clubhouse before the right fielder would return to the game. And see, that's why guys don't mind being designated hitter either. See what I mean? Designated hitter. Uh, Don't have to go out and play. There you go. You don't have to go out and play the field. You can stay in the clubhouse and hit it again, John. Play the field. (laughs) Uh, I thought that was quite the headline. Here's something else I didn't know. Hmm. Apparently, Daryl Strawberry is now a pastor. Who knew? Hmm. All right, he said, uh, typically, Strawberry told Sirius Radio in 2016. By the way, he was on the Dr. Oz show today, apparently. Yeah, it was on the Dr. Oz show today. In the middle of games, yeah, I'd go between innings and stuff like that, you know, run back and have a little party going on. You know, I thought it was pretty cool, but it was just part of my addiction. Uh, Typically, Strawberry said he'd enlist the help of any number of locker room attendants whom he referred to as the kid. You point out a woman, you tell the kid, go get her, Strawberry said. Oh, man. (sighs) His teammates would cover him, cover for him, that is, when he would go missing in action. Where is Strawberry? Uh, I don't know. Can you imagine being the little kid, the attendant? He's this little Mm. dweebish nerd kid. He's got to go up to a woman. Ah, ah, hello, (laughs) ma'am. Uh, Mr. Strawberry sent me to get you. You want to be got? Come on. Let's go. He wants you to go to the clubhouse. I, I have to get you so he can got you. Oh, man. You got that rim shot ready, John? I do. Yeah. Uh, uh, this This whole thing, sex in the clubhouse, Daryl Strawberry admitting it, gives a whole definition, whole new definition to the term going deep. Go. I got a million of these, folks. I got a million of Now we know what we mean by spray charts in baseball. Come on, John. <laughs>
7: uh.
4: All right, that's enough. My Beavis and Butthead phase is over for today. I was totally
7: kidding. <laughs> okay. uh.
4: All right, hi, John. It's time to do 4-4. Four four. Let's roll it.
2: <laughs> this is the Big Four at... Four, the top four trending sports stories this hour. Number four.
5: All right, number four in our big four at four this hour. We talked about this last hour. So what's a good over-under? And maybe this can be our Ian's Pizza bet. I don't know. Uh, by the way, sign up to win Ian's Pizza at the Big 920 or the Big1070.com. We draw a winner every Monday. It's that easy just to win some delicious Ian's Pizza. Some of that mac and cheese. Some of all the different varieties they have. You want to go old school playing, you can. Oh, Ian's Pizza's the best. And thanks to the Christmas card, Ian's Pizza. Uh over under Packers points this weekend. I started at nine and a half. What about thirteen and a half?
4: So you're at thirteen and a half. Packers against Vikings Saturday night. Yeah. Over under. I think I think most would choose under though. Well, let's look at the issue. You've got Hundley at quarterback again. Yeah. He has not thrown a touchdown pass at Lambeau Field this year. And the game is at Lambeau Field, correct, John? The game is at Lambeau Field. Okay. Where he has not thrown a touchdown the entire season. Um, Devontae Adams, his favorite receiver, will not play. Hmm. I'm going under. Got to go under. What if we put it at nine and a half? I think over because they might drive it well enough for Crosby to hit like a yeah. couple of field goals.
5: Well, this is from Rob Domofsky earlier today. Hunley has yet to throw a touchdown pass at home this season. According to Elias, he currently has the second most passes, 122, without a touchdown at home in a single season in NFL history. Only Bob, well, how do you say this guy's name? 1978. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
0: Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office.
4: Oh, Bob Avellini? Oh, you knew it had to be a Bears quarterback. Only Bob Avellini <laughs> has more. 127 attempts. Oh, oh, the Bears. They're so funny. They just like the Bears. So cute. Um, no, I'm going under on 13 and a half. I, I just think it has all the potential to be a real beatdown. We just had Bill Huber of PackerReport.com. He talked about the the Vikings defense is like top five in everything. They're good. Yeah, That's a legitimately good defense. Put that defense on a Packer team with Aaron Rodgers, you got oh slam-dunk championship going on. There. Unstoppable. And his Vikings fan will say,
5: put Aaron Rodgers on that Vikings team and you're unstoppable.
4: Is this where I point out that you had two chances to draft him?
5: Uh, probably.
4: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't do it, though, did you?
5: Well, they had Dante Culpepper at
4: the time throwing 30-some touchdowns. So Well, see, Packers had Brett Favre, too, and somebody said he fell to 24, but you know, I know it... Vikings were picking somewhere before 24 but say that he was at 17, 18 your Vikings yeah, could pick Fire him. was waffling though and he was 30 something. Culpepper is <laughs> like 25. But and they th- sat him for four years, John. Just hang on to a nugget like that. Ah, oh, so crazy. And you could have a Super Bowl too. Hmm
2: number three.
4: Mike McCarthy met the media today, said a lot of
5: interesting things, including this, in which uh, Bill Huber of Pack Report also touched on this last hour. Take a listen to McCarthy talking about this past season and learning from it.
7: We have to get better through the adversity that we've been through this year. Uh, we have to be honest about the patterns of, you know, patterns of uh, negativity and positivity. You know, what, what, what comes from that? How do you learn from that? How do you improve? Because yeah to win championships, you have to go through adverse moments, and we we've had plenty this year and, and not hitting our goal you know not playing to the standard of the Green Bay Packers is definitely a adverse an adverse situation we need to learn from what did
5: he mean
4: He also Packers? talked to, well, he also talked about accountability and we're going to look at everything, which Bill Huber asked yeah. the question he he said when he was on with us, which led him to believe that maybe. It's going to be change on the defense, which would mean Dom Capers is gone. Now, John got my hopes up, too, that they're going to change everything on the defensive side. That's not working. Nothing against Dom Capers again. I'm sure he's a fine man. But you've been going with with something that isn't working for a long time now. And I gave that stat where uh, his first two years, they were in the top five defensively. Since then, they haven't cracked the top ten and 26th this year. So it's not working. Now John and Bill Huber think that, yeah, McCarthy is indicating by that accountability stuff, and we're going to look at everything, that he may fire Dom Capers. I just don't believe it. till I see change in Green Bay, I don't believe it.
5: Uh, I mean, I, it, it really does sound like that. He talked about everyone being evaluated. He talked about patterns of negativity. And as Bill pointed out, what, what's the only patterns of negativity? Well, that'd be the defense. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it really sounds like he's perhaps hinting at that. I, I mean, I don't think Dom Capers can survive this year. I think this year, more than anything, is is the year in which everything got exposed, and it's just like, okay, we, got, we have to do something different. Or else what we're going to do is get to the NFC Championship game and face a really top-talented quarterback that's going to score 35 to 40 points and force Aaron Rodgers to score more than that. It's going to be that same type of thing. How are, you going to beat, how are you going to get to the Super Bowl? You've got to score 30, 40 points because you're going to have that one game in the playoffs, right? They always have that one game in the playoffs where they mm-hmm. give up a ton of points. And maybe yeah. this year is the year they said, okay, something's got, something's got to go. Well, Mike
4: McCarthy's going to make that call. It's his staff. And if he wants to make a change at the defensive coordinator, it'll be up to him. And given that he said, we're going to look at everything and everybody is going to be held accountable, maybe that was just blather, blah, 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 you know, just words just to fill the space. But, again, I'll believe change is a coming when change is made in Green Bay. All right, let's go to number, what are we, two? Number two. All right, so who is the MVP
5: in the NFL? I heard Dan Patrick talking about MVP today, and it really got you thinking, what happened to all the candidates for MVP? It's going to be Tom Brady. He's going to run away with And he's having a fine season, isn't he? I think he's had about a month stretch where he threw... I don't remember the numbers exactly, but it was very average over the, the last month or so. Um, so who, who's the NFL MVP? Their Week 16 poll on ESPN, Tom Brady one, with 11 first-place votes, Todd Gurley 2 with one first-place vote, Carson Wentz 3, Drew Brees 4, and
4: Case Keenum 5. Wow. If, if, Case, if Case Keenum is 5 this year, then that's not a very strong field. Right. Yeah. I mean, Brady may, win, Brady may win it by default here. There's no mention of Antonio Brown,
5: and, and Brown. I mean, Brown's had some outstanding seasons, and I think the only reason he's getting mentioned now is because lack of candidates. Is there a lack of candidates here? Is that what we're seeing? I think so. Um, Todd Gurley's had a heck of a year. He has. What, 17 touchdowns he's scored? Uh, He's got 1,100 yards, 13 rushing touchdowns, 54 catches, 630 receiving yards, and 4 touchdowns. So 17 total touchdowns and what, like close to 1,800 total yards.
4: For a team that you did not expect to be this good, I think my vote would go to Gurley right now, given how the Rams have played, how well they've played, how much he's been a part of that. And you just can't just automatically give it to Brady, can you? I mean, come on now. The guy's got everything. He wins everything. He's got money, good looks, good-looking wife. You just can't give him the MVP just because of Tom Brady. Here's what Brady
5: uh, is on pace for over the next couple of games. Uh, So he's on pace to finish with 4,700 passing yards, 32 touchdowns, which is kind of
4: not that great, uh, and eight interceptions. Except that he just wins. Just wins and wins and wins and wins
5: and wins. And that's playing in, obviously, every game. Case Keenum, if you wanted to compare quarterbacks, has played in... Uh, how many starts has he had? I don't have that in front of me.
4: We're not voting
5: Case Keenum MVP. Stop it. I'm just saying. Stop it. Just saying. Not going to happen. Well, he's, uh, he's on the list. I don't think he wins it, but he's on the list. <laughs>
4: I might vote just Carson
5: Wentz. Think about Car- Carson Wentz. He's done, and he already has more touchdowns than Tom Brady's on pace for, and less interceptions, too.
4: Well, if he didn't get hurt, he would be up run there, a- too.
5: runaway winner. But why, so, so he misses, what, three games, something like that? Three or four games?
9: Why yeah. not just
4: give it to him? Well, it, you could, but when I was watching that Pittsburgh Patriots game, the one that completely irritated me at the end of the game because of that catch-no-catch thing, Mm-hmm. When they were, when the Patriots were driving for the score that put them up, and that defensive back for the Steelers did not intercept that pass, which he should have. It was in his hands. Didn't you just know that Tom Brady was going to stick it in the end zone? I did.
9: Yeah.
4: You can't give Tom Brady a second chance. He's Tom Brady. If you give Tom Brady a second chance, Tom Brady is going to make you pay because you can't give Tom Brady a second chance. Because you know why, John? He's Tom Brady. It's Tom Brady. Tom Brady. I think I would vote for Carson Wentz still. All right. That's what I would vote. All right, I'd go girly. And we're on to number
5: one. And Brady's going to win it. Number one. I'll go, why don't you go girly, but everybody else is going to vote Brady. Uh, poll question. Don't tell me to go girly. <laughs> poll question at John Audius Radio. Present that. J-O-N-A-R-I-A-S. So how will Packers fans handle Saturday's game? I asked the question, how will you handle Saturday's game? You'll watch all of it. You'll check in every so often. You're not even going to turn it on or maybe something else. 49% say I'm going to watch all of it all of it, 33% say, I'll check in, and 15% don't care, not going to turn it on.
4: Well, people say they're going to watch all of it, and then the game starts, and if it's as bad as it potentially could be, they ain't watching at all, John. Because, you know, at my house, I've got like 500 stations I can go to, plus Netflix. So they may start watching. Plus the Bucks are playing that night, right? Bucks are playing that night, and that solves the issue for me because I'm going to be working when the Packers are on the air. I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina, on Saturday. And by the way, Charlotte Hornets tomorrow night at the BMO Harris Bradley Center. So the two teams go back to back in successive nights. But no, I look. You 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 may start watching, and then when you realize, my gosh, this is just bad, and you'll go watch a movie or something. Or hang out with That's family, my prediction. yeah, or
5: whatever you're doing on that that weekend. So I mean, I, I get it. That's a good point. Maybe the question is, how will you? What's your plan to start the game for Saturday? You'll watch all of it, but who knows? I mean, this is this is why the NFL is is so interesting at times. Nobody thought the Packers Steelers Sunday night game was going to be anything worth watching. I didn't. I was just going to be like, okay, well, at what point can I stop watching
4: this game and get ready for next week? And that turned out to be a pretty good game. All right. I've I've got the plan most Packers fans will implement during the game on Saturday. Okay, what do you got? Uh, Watch the first quarter, then heavy drinking. There you go. That's it. You may not remember if you watched the rest of the game or not. (laughs) That's true. Um, John and I got to talking about this the other day. Chris Farley, uh, what was the 20th anniversary of his death? Yes. John, was that it? Yes. So the twentieth anniversary of Chris Farley's death, who was just a hilarious guy, died way too young, like John Belushi, another hilarious guy who died too young. We got to thinking, okay, who are some of our favorite comedians that we like, and maybe some that we don't like? So it's going to be a off the off. This is a an exit off the turnpike of sports talk radio. We're going to talk comedians, good and bad, next, and then at four thirty, we'll talk to Sean Devaney of Sporting News. He wrote an interesting piece today about. DeAndre Jordan and all the trade rumors involving him and about how the Bucks would be a good landing place for him and what they might have to give up. We'll talk to Sean Devaney of the Sporting News at 4.30. Back after this, I'm Ted Davis with John Audius. Coming up at 4.30, we'll hook up with Sean Devaney of the Sporting News. He covers the NBA. He did an article, I think it was today, I saw it today, talking about potential landing spots for DeAndre Jordan if the Clippers trade him. And he said the Bucks would be a good place for him to land. And we'll talk about that possibility, whether it's real or not, coming up at 4.30. Chris Farley passed away 20 years ago, so this was the 20th anniversary of Chris Farley's death. There's some comedians that just make you laugh just because they're, they're there. John Belushi was like that for me on the old Saturday Night Live. As a samurai whatever, whatever his samurai was, he wasn't even speaking. He was just doing uh, visual comedy. It was just a blast. It was just so hilarious. Um, Farley was that way, too. So when you talk about favorite comedians, John, where would you start? Uh, well, I mean, Chris Farley is a good one to, to start
5: with. Um, for sure. You know, you know, I grew up in the, you know, when I if I were my comedy, when I was listening to comedy, probably late eighties and the nineties. So that SNL cast of like with Sandler, with Farley, with Spade, with all those guys, that was the biggest growing up for me. Um, everybody loved that stuff. Um, and Chris Farley was was one of the best. Um, do you want to hear a little clip of Chris Farley just to sure. get this started? Here we go. Okay. All
10: right. How's everybody?
3: Good. 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 Now, as your father probably told you, my name is Matt Foley, and I am a motivational speaker. Now let's get started by letting me give you a little bit of a scenario of what my life is all about. First off, I am 35 years old, I am divorced, and I live in a van down by the river.
5: The van (laughs) down by the river is one of those things where it's a catchphrase that just took off and you say that nowadays and everyone knows you're talking about Farley.
4: Well, I, I've used that myself because um we get positioned in a lot of different places in NBA arenas. I'm rarely courtside anymore. Sometimes I'm about halfway up. Sometimes I'm really, really way high, like in Orlando, Denver, and New York, where the game is a rumor. But because, John, I'm a pro and I have the, uh, the strength and intellect of ten grown human beings, I make it sound like I'm courtside. Just letting you know that. That and the courtside effects help, too that helps too yes but uh, i people say well what's what's going to happen you know i said well eventually eventually they're going to move television up you know television still sits on the floor dang those tv people but eventually they're going to be moved up and they'll probably be moved up to where i am now in most places and that means i get moved up even higher and like in new york and orlando and denver where i'm already high you know where i'll be doing games john in a van down by the river <laughs> See, I use that all the time. The other uh, Chris Farley bit that I thought was hilarious when he was with those uh, those Bears fans sitting around talking about Ditka. Oh yeah, eating the food, and one night he he got he got choked. Chris Farley got choked, and they made it look like he coughed up a whole pork chop. <laughs> and they go, you know, you know, Norm. You really got to chew your food a food a little better there.
5: Oh, uh, the one where he's dancing with uh, was it Patrick Swayze?
4: Oh, the Chippendales thing. Yeah. And what was funny about that is okay. Those of you who are too young to remember what Chippendales is are are, are they still open? Do they still have Chippendales? They probably do. It was a male strip joint. Here, I'll Google so- it.
1: Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?"
0: Lucky.
4: And you yeah, google it. And here's Patrick Swayze coming out, this big, good looking hunk of an actor back then. And he was the hottest rage then. And he's, he's going to do this male strip tease routine. And out comes Chris Farley to dance along beside him. And Farley's got no shirt on, flab everywhere. And Chris Farley just let it rip. I mean, he is dancing and the flab is flying everywhere. Oh my gosh, that was good. That was good that was stuff. Good.
5: Here's another one real quick, because I know you got some, too. Uh, and I didn't really, I mean, I, I kind of grew up with him, but I, I know you probably loved the comedy or the, the liners uh, of Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> you, right? Sure. Uh, I tell you, I'm all
9: right now, but last week I was in rough shape, you know? <laughs> I mean, the last week my wife, she signed me up for a bridge club. I jump off next Tuesday. <laughs> I mean, last week was rough. Are you kidding? Last week I looked up my family tree. Two dogs were using it. <laughs> tell you, I can't relax, you know. Well, the other night I was in a place I felt like having a few drinks. I went over to the bartender and I said, surprise me. He showed me a naked picture of my wife. <laughs> uh, kid, my wife is always something. Her father just died. She had his body frozen. Every time I take a snack, he falls out of the refrigerator. <laughs>
4: yeah, Rodney Dangerfield was, he was in a uh, movie, uh, Back to School, or something like that. Yeah, he would. it was a movie called Back to School where he was this very successful businessman who had not graduated from college and he went back to college and he had all these pointy head professors telling him everything he had done wrong in business to be successful, and he was just looking at him like you're nuts, I was successful. Was, anyway, back Sam, to school. Sam Kinison, was he in that? I don't think Sam Kinison was hilarious too, because he just yelled. He screamed all the time. Yeah. And yet, you have you have some Sam Kennison? Uh
5: I do. Hold on, let me grab that real quick. Okay. Ooh, doo, 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 doo. I hit the wrong button. Sam Kennison. Yes, here we
11: go. I mean, it's network television. I'll be the first. Look right here. Zoom in. Stop sending them food, right? Don't send them any more food. You want to help these
1: people? Send them U Hauls. Send them boxes, you know, some luggage. Send them a guy out there that goes, Hey, Hey, you know, we just drove 750
11: miles across the desert with your food, and it occurred to us that there wouldn't be world hunger if you people
1: would live where the food is! You live in a desert! You understand
4: that you live in a desert! There wouldn't be hunger if you'd move where the food is! Oh, that's funny. Gotta admit, that's funny. One of my favorites is a guy named Ron White. You may not know him, but he was part of Jeff Foxworthy's uh, Redneck Tour. And he's just a funny guy. He smokes a cigar, and he acts like he's drunk, like he's got a big shot of whiskey there with him. And Ron White does some funny stuff. I don't know what it is. He just makes me laugh. Uh, we got a couple of Ron White things. Roll Ron, Ron White here. Uh, which one do you want? Do you want the deer hunting? or The deer the... hunting. This would be great for Wisconsin. He's talking about deer hunting and why he doesn't do it and why his cousin does. Okay, here we go.
3: I'm in a camouflage deer blind with grease paint on my face. I've got deer urine on my boots. I'm not sure why. I made that part up. I got a 30-06 with a 12-power scope and a bullet that'll travel 2,200 feet per second. When that deer looked up to lick the salt sucker I'd hung from the danged old tree, Caught him right above the eye. Yeah, well, I hit one with a van. Going 55 miles an hour with the headlights on and the horn
4: blowing. (laughs) I hit one with a van. Oh, that's good. And there's one more with Ron White. This is uh, what he did when his uh, wife's dog died dog had lived 15 years and he was going to get her a new dog and she didn't want a new dog she wanted the old dog but he finally got her a new dog and roll it
3: and i listened to it for like a week and i'm like you know what i'm going to get her another dog and i find a place that breeds scottish terriers not too far from where we live and i get her in the car and i tell her where we're going and at first she's against it i don't want another dog i never <laughs> want another dog but we get down there she sees them all hopping in the window pick me pick me and i buy her this little black scottish terrier puppy and i give it to her and folks it heals her heart this little puppy heals her broken heart wonderful well two weeks ago her father passed away and i'm like i think i see a way out of this so I, so I get her in the car and she doesn't know we're going to the old folks. House. Oh, yeah. And when I tell her her, she's against it, right? I don't yeah. want a new daddy. I don't want a new daddy. Oh. But we get down there, she sees them all hopping in the window. Pick me, pick me. She God. wanted a black one. I'm like,
4: keep it simple. Oh, what's funny about that, he's on Jay Leno, and sitting right next to him is Snoop Dogg, and Snoop Dogg is just rolling off the couch. Oh, that's pretty good. Ron White, look him up. Uh, all right, and what do we have here, John? We uh, have someone who's wanting to chime in on our comedians. Yeah, Tim from Partyville called the Mike Keller Show. From Partyville, all right, let's party.
11: <laughs> hey, fellas. Um, comedians, I really like Lewis Black. I had the pleasure of seeing him a few years ago when he was at the Orpheum. Uh, I've always thought he was hilarious uh, going back over the years. And Another one that I don't know if many people know of is Stephen Lynch. He does musical comedy as well. If you get a chance to look that up, that's pretty funny as well. Um, Lastly, uh, on the Packer game, I plan to watch the whole thing uh, as long as the uh, kids allow for it. But um, uh, The reason I would watch the whole thing is I would watch it from an evaluation standpoint, wanting to see uh, who's improving, who's getting better, signs of good things. Against a really good team, um, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, because there's going to be guys playing for their jobs.
4: All right, thanks for the call. That's a reason to watch, and uh, that's why he's going to be watching. Um, finally, on comedians, there was another one I loved, a guy named Stephen Wright. You know who Stephen Wright is? Yeah. Talked yeah. in a monotone all the time. And being on radio, the one I loved when I, he, he one is one of his routines, he says, I have a friend. He's an AM disc jockey. Every time we go under a bridge, I can't hear him talk. See? If, you, <laughs> if you're if you in radio, that is hilarious. All right. And we're on AM. So if you're under a bridge, you're not hearing me talk right now. Or if you're living in a van down by the river, you probably don't have a radio. Sean Devaney of the Sporting News will join us next. We'll talk about these DeAndre Jordan rumors. Where is he going to be traded? That's next. I'm Ted Davis with John Audius on the Mike Heller Show. Ted Davis filling in for Mike Heller. John Adias is alongside today. The NBA trading deadline is not until February, as always. But the rumors are flying, and one of the hottest rumors is about DeAndre Jordan, uh, the defensive-minded rebounding center for the L.A. Clippers. The Clippers are going nowhere. They lost Chris Paul. Uh, Griffin has been hurt. They're having a bad year. And there could be a fire sale in L.A. So where Will DeAndre Jordan end up? Sean Devaney of the Sporting News wrote an article today about a potential landing spot, which would be Milwaukee. He says they're kicking the tires hard, and they would love to add the defensive presence of Jordan to what is already a top-ten offense, but a so-so defense. So we bring in Sean Devaney of the Sporting News, and an interesting article you wrote today. What do you think DeAndre Jordan would do for the Bucks?
10: Well, you know, like you mentioned, uh he does give you that defensive presence inside. Uh and with the offense that they run, the amount of cutting that they do, um you know, it's it's not the uh, uh the typical spread offense that you see in the NBA these days. I think Jordan would actually fit pretty well in there. Um you know, he is more of a pick and roll type of center and that's not something that the Bucks do a whole lot of, but uh, but, but, but certainly is something that they could, uh, uh, incorporate a little bit more to, uh, uh, to fit him in on the offensive end. But the big thing would be the defense. And, uh, there's no question that, uh, uh, that that's something that, uh, uh, that the Bucks would like to upgrade. And, uh, uh, that's something that, uh, uh, that he would certainly be able to, uh, uh, to bring. There's no, no question also, though, that the, uh, uh, that the Clippers are going to shop around, uh, and see what they can get for DeAndre Jordan. Uh, so there will be other suitors involved.
4: Yeah, one of them might be the Cleveland Cavaliers, and I see why, because when we played Cleveland on Tuesday, for all of their offensive skills, sometimes they give up a lot of points. They don't have a rim protector, they're not that great of a rebounding team, even with Kevin Love, and they've got that Brooklyn number one pick, which is not going to be as good as many people thought, since Brooklyn is a little better this year than they were last year, but is there a package that Cleveland could put together to put Jordan on a team that already is good and might be the missing piece in them beating golden state.
10: Yeah, I mean that that's going to be the big question for them and uh, you know they're they've they've kicked the tires on Mark Saul as well in Memphis and uh uh you know it's it's the same sort of thing where you have to decide okay if we give up this pick. Uh and you're right it, it hasn't at least at this point worked out that uh that that pick is 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 quite as good as expected. Still, you know, plenty of time, and, and and you'd have to think that that Brooklyn's playing a little over their heads at this point. But uh, uh, but but yeah, you know they're they're they've got this pick. LeBron James is a free agent. Uh, as everyone knows, and, and, and if he decides to leave, this pick is, is, is sort of, uh, uh, their lifeline to, uh, to, to continue a rebuild, uh, and, and hopefully get right back into, uh, being a competitive team without him. So if they give that pick up, they've got to be sure that they're getting a player who gives them a legitimate chance, uh, to beat Golden State. Uh, and, you know, you could make an argument that, hey, look, even with DeAndre Jordan, they're not going to beat Golden State, so so that's that's really the calculus there for the Cavaliers and in, in terms of what they do with that pick.
4: Sean Devaney of the Sporting News has joined us. He covers the NBA. Any potential package uh, to the Bucks involving DeAndre Jordan to me would have to include Jabari Parker. If you are radio GM running the Bucks, would you include Jabari Parker in a package that would bring DeAndre Jordan?
10: yeah i I think i would uh and and you know the reason being that uh uh I think that that i think jabari Parker will be willing to accept uh whatever role uh he can uh you know when he gets back on the floor this year uh I think going forward he's not going to want to come off the bench uh and 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 you know I think he's going to want to kind of grow uh into his own player and 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 you have to wonder if how that's gonna happen. Uh, in the shadow sort of, of Giannis can both of those guys uh, develop and blossom together. Uh, you know, there's a lot of questions as to whether that can be the case. So, if you could uh, uh, sort of strike at this point before any, before there is any controversy with that sort of thing, uh, then I think that you'd have to, especially if it uh, uh, if it gives you a chance to be uh, a bit more of a contender in the Eastern Conference, uh, which you know, with 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 Boston and, and their situation, and you're starting to see them play. Uh, uh, you know come back down a little bit you know you no know gordon hayward obviously so so they've slowed down a little bit uh cleveland is 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 certainly playing better but uh, uh, but they don't look unbeatable you mentioned their defense uh you know toronto has been very good they should be a a, a suitor for uh, for DeAndre Jordan as well, uh, but you know, if you're if you're Milwaukee and you have the chance to bring in uh, a guy like that, that 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 gives you a chance to to maybe catch some lightning in a bottle and 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 really be a contender in the Eastern Conference this year. I think that's something that you've got to really consider.
4: Yeah, they got a real pop when they brought in Eric Bledsoe, and there's no question defensively they would improve with DeAndre Jordan. Uh, I get to watch Giannis Adetokunbo every night, and I'm just amazed by the season he's having and the numbers he's putting up. Without a jump shot. There have been games where he's scored 37 points and I don't even think took a jump shot. There was one game he scored 40 points. Did not take a jump shot. Leads the league in points in the paint. Leads the league in baskets inside the restricted circle. Leads the league in free throw attempts this year. He's finding a way to do it without a jump shot. What are you seeing from Giannis?
10: Yeah, I would agree with you. And, I, you know, I, and I'm not sure that, that when you watch him play, uh, he can't shoot you know i mean it's not it's not as if he's not a guy who do, who doesn't have that uh it's just uh, i i don't think he's gotten to the point where he trusts it yet uh and he's got to trust that part of his game and i think that that will help everything i think that's the next step for him uh you know it's it's a progression that we've seen from uh, from other guys over the years, uh, certainly in today's NBA, it's a little tougher because you're expected to shoot the three pointer right away. Uh, and if you can't, uh, uh, you know, that's an, that's an immediate, uh, uh, black spot and, 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 you know, that, that hasn't been the case. Uh, in the past necessarily, but, you know, you've got to be able to at least get that 18 footer down. Uh, and, and, and I think he has all the skills to I think he has the shooting form to do it. I don't think there's anything wrong with his mechanics. Uh, I think it's more of a confidence thing and, and a trust thing. I think he just needs to be able to step up and, and really trust that shot. Uh, and when he does, I think that'll be the next, uh, uh, sort of, so, sort of, uh, piece of his evolution.
4: Sean Devaney of the Sporting News has joined us. Uh, when you look at the West, can Houston beat Golden State if Golden State's healthy? If Steph Curry is healthy and they've got Durant and their big three out there, can Houston with a healthy Chris Paul and James Harden beat Golden State in a seven-game series?
10: No, I, I you know I, I I think they're a very good uh, I think they're a great regular season team, but I think in the playoffs they're they're going to be uh, uh, much easier to defend. Uh, you, you know when you start.
0: More than once, actually. Do
1: I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
10: I never win and tell.
1: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at slots.com Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void required prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
10: To be able to uh, to collapse that lane a little bit and, and 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 you get a better read on the pick and rolls and and, and the way that they uh, uh, the way. They use their offense uh, uh, with Mike D'Antoni, and and you certainly go back and you can look at the history of Mike D'Antoni, in, in terms of uh, uh, you know how he's done in the regular season versus the playoffs, and 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 uh, you know traditionally when it was with Phoenix, they would go up against San Antonio and just had no uh, uh, no answer for, uh, for for a team like the Spurs, and and I see that same dynamic with Houston and and Golden State that that Golden State just does. Too much to you on the defensive end when they're really locked in. Uh, that 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 they can really slow down a fast-paced offense like that. They can run with you if they want to, but they can also slow you down uh, and 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 force you to do some things you don't want to do uh, on the offensive end. And and I just think that over a seven-game series, that'd be too much for Houston to handle.
4: All right, Sean. Thanks for your time. Appreciate your uh, input on DeAndre Jordan where he might end up. And uh, Merry Christmas. We'll see you down the road. Okay, Ted. Thanks. All right, Sean Devaney covers the NBA for the sporting news. Um, And DeAndre Jordan, I do think, will be dealt. There are a lot of teams that want him because he's an immediate upgrade on defense and rebounding. And those are two things that the Bucs need to improve. Their defense needs to get better consistently, and they're not a good rebounding team. They've got thin guys at center Henson and Maker. Jordan is strong, bulky. Uh, He's going to clog the lane. That pick and roll with him and Giannis at the top, with him and Eric Bledsoe at the top, with him rolling to the rim, oh, you can just kind of envision it. But you might have to give up Jabari Parker. So if if I'm Radio GM and I get a call from the Clippers and we're talking and they say they want Jabari Parker, would I do it? First of all, you'd have to know that Jordan would commit beyond this year. He could be a free agent at the end of the summer, so you've got to find a way to sign him. And if, that's, if the answer is no, then you hang up the phone and move on he's going to re-sign, I think I might pull the trigger on that. Because I don't trust Jabari Parker's knee to come back. I hope he does. Fine young man, for his sake, more than the Bucks, I hope he comes back. But that's two knee injuries to the same knee in three years. Jordan, I think, would give you a chance to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. So I would do it. But we'll see what happens. A lot of teams want him. All right, that's hour number two. Final hour of today's Mike Keller Show coming up next. I'm Ted Davis with John. They're the in crowd
2: We're the other ones It's a different kind of cloth that we're cut from We let our color show Where the numbers ain't We're the paint where there ain't supposed to be paint That's who we are This is the Mike Keller Show That's how we roll Call the show at 877-729-1070 Send a tweet at my killer show yeah, it's, uh... now here's my killer boys when we
3: right in the rain. And
4: of ride boys picture you and heller wearing cowboy hats and guns strapped to your side <laughs> walking down a dusty street at high noon on a hot west texas town Looking all rough and scruffy when this song comes on, is you guys should do a promo like that, John. Yeah, like if this was a television show, that's what the intro would look like, right? Yeah, yeah. old You Western and a cowboy town, hat with yeah. you and a cowboy hat would look really, really good. Close yeah. up, I you know spit off to the side. about three day three day growth of beard, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, looking kind of rough. Yeah, you guys should do that. All right, this is the final hour of the Mike Heller Show today. I'm Ted Davis filling in for Heller. He's off again tomorrow, but I have a basketball game, so I'll be down at the corner of 4th and State for the Bucks and the Hornets tomorrow night at 7. We'll see if they can uh, kind of domino that role they had going on uh, uh, Tuesday after beating Cleveland and take care of the Hornets on Friday and Saturday, back-to-back. Uh, Milwaukee Friday at Charlotte on Saturday. I'm Ted Davis. That is John Audius. Hi, John. How are you? Hey, hey, fellas. What's up? Also, bottle of whiskey in one hand. Yep, yep. Like uh, I don't know. Kind of a c- cigarette or a cigarillo, you know, one of yeah, those yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of hanging out of your lip. Yeah. yeah. Uh, with every passing minute of every passing day, I realized that Ozzy Osbourne had it right when he sang the song, We're Running Off the Rails on the Crazy Train, because we are. Last hour, we had the story about Daryl Strawberry going on Dr. Oz show today and admitting that when he was playing for the New York Mets... He and other players for the Mets would have sex between innings in the clubhouse. They would go pick a they would have a they would have a ball boy. Yes, yes. yes. Well, that's what they, they said. Would go out and find a woman and say, Hey, they want you in the clubhouse, and apparently they would go back there and so that was the story last hour. Uh this hour, this is from the UK. Uh this is from the mirror in the UK. Grieving Deborah Parsons will have her mother, Doreen, for Christmas dinner this year. By scattering her ashes on the turkey and then tucking it in. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh Deborah 41 has felt the urge to eat Doreen's ashes since she died in May. (laughs) And has had a small spoonful most days. Small spoonful of mom's ashes most days to feel as close to her as possible. Now, I hope that she's going to warn her dinner guest... For Christmas, that this is what is going on because if she's not, I can't imagine being there. I mean, if you're, oh man, Deborah, what'd you do to these mashed potatoes? The spices here are just fantastic. What'd you put on them? Can you give me the recipe? Uh, yeah, we're, we're, I sprinkled mom on there. Yeah, we're eating mother. Mother, that's what we're eating. What? Oh, the what? Why do people do things like that? I don't get it. Because like, they're
5: nuts. I don't understand what goes through their head. Like, they're, they have no head. I'd like to get inside their head and just like realize, "Oh, that's what why are you thinking like that?" <sighs> They're
4: that's running strange. off the rails in the crazy train, John. All right, that's that hmm. says it all. All right, it's 5 at 5. Let's do 5 at 5. Roll it.
2: This is the big 5 at 5. The top 5 trending sports stories this hour. Number 5.
4: By the way, have you watched Ozark? You told me to watch that on Netflix. I have not, because I have gotten into The Crown again, and I'm watching uh, The Borgias, okay. and I'm catching up on um, House of Cards and The Blacklist, okay. but I'll get to it. Okay, when you get to
5: it, there's a little mention there at the end about uh, ashes, and they talked about how one of the people there wanted ashes to be turned into diamonds. You know they do that? You can have your do ashes they? turned into diamonds. Wow, and then you you know put in some jewelry and give it to somebody or whatever. Well, now there's an idea instead so of just throwing your stuff to the
4: wind. Yeah, they compress. You can it. Have, have a ring mach- made yeah. out of it.
5: I because I, they said something about that. I was like, that's not true. Is that true? And I googled it, and it's true. Well, if it's on the internet, it's true. If it's on the internet, it must be true. Or unless they're just taking people's money and then running with it. Um, but I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah, why don't you make yourself a diamond?
4: By the way, that email about uh, winning money in Nairobi. Don't don't pay attention to
5: Oh well then I should not have given my credit card number to that. No. Yeah, well,
4: Alright, here's something I'm go.
5: thinking. Tell me if I'm crazy or not. Involving the Green Bay Packers. I was thinking about this the other day and I'll just I'll put it out there. Perhaps what's happened to the Packers this year is a good thing. The lack of a defense, the deficiencies within the team, both on offense and defense. Perhaps this is an awakening, an evaluation where things are going to change, whether that's from talent evaluation and who's doing that to the defensive coordinator, which I think is probably going to happen. Perhaps this is a good thing. And what happens from this, from this disappointing 2017 with the injury to Aaron Rodgers, is that the Packers come back rebuilt and over the next few years, they have a team that is better able to absorb uh, everything that happens to them. They're a team that doesn't get beat in the playoffs and uh, you know forces Aaron Rodgers to score 40 to win a playoff game because it seems that's kind of been a trend right when they lose in the playoffs why well yeah. cuz they gave up like 35 to 40 some points or something like that perhaps it's a good thing could this be the start of the end uh, a great run at the end of Aaron Rodgers career
4: hmm all right i'm going to let this roll through my head for a minute okay. so i'm you're, you're it's kind of saying that out of the thing. ash kind yeah. of out of the ashes of this season mm-hmm. They'll rise like a phoenix. Yes. And go on to bigger and better stuff. That's what I'm saying. That what this exposed is that Aaron Rodgers has been covering up a lot of flaws in the last few years. Mm -hmm. And when he was gone, you're not very good. So what you have to do is take that Band-Aid and just rip it off. Right, John? Just rip it off and realize you've got a wound. Clean it up. And move on to better things. What Aaron Rodgers and all the
5: winning and everything that he was doing, it was really just holding the Packers back at some level.
4: Because why would you make any changes? You made it to the NFC Championship game. For that to be true, there would actually have to be change in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. And until I see change in Green Bay, in particular on the defensive side of the football, I don't think Ted Thompson's going any place. Mike McCarthy is not going any place. but until I see something different defensively, and by that, I mean a new coordinator. I think that's you have to do that, and I think Mike McCarthy may be leaning that way, but until I see it, I'm not going to believe it. Okay. Uh, we had Bill Huber on uh, from the Packer Report at 3.30, and he said he's for a whole scale just breaking this whole thing down. The scheme, the the way they draft players on the defensive side, new coordinator, he's ready to start over from scratch. But I don't think it's going to happen in Green Bay. Because there's no, there's really no pressure from above to make those kind of changes. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this year they make a change on the defensive side of the football. That's the one thing they can do without changing the GM or changing the head coach. Maybe. You might have something there, John.
5: Okay. All right. Okay. All right.
4: You know, I, I keep hearing that song in my head when you say stuff like that. Blue sky. I'm looking at Blue sky. Blue up. sky. Nothing but blue sky do I see. All right, good, John. You got us all pumped up here. All right, was that five? That was five. Let's go four. Number four.
5: It's not so bad, Uh, but it is pretty bad. It could be bad on Saturday when the Packers take on the Minnesota Vikings. Brett Hundley is going to be the quarterback. There will be no Devontae Adams to throw the football to. That's Hundley's favorite target. Adams is out because of uh, the concussion. Uh, He suffered uh, against the Panthers. So here's an over-under. I think I've jumped back and forth between the different um, numbers. I'm going to go nine and a half. The Packers' offense, not special teams or defensive touchdowns or scoring, the Packers' offense scores over or under nine and a half points.
4: Ooh, Minnesota's defense is really, really good. Basically top five in everything. You either get them three, can they manage... More than three field goals or more
5: than a touchdown and a field goal. Basically, can they score two touchdowns or a touchdown and two field goals
4: or four field goals? Got a goals? quarterback who has not thrown a touchdown pass at Lambeau. That's in true. The game is at Lambeau. A,
5: a quarterback who, in his seven starts, has had a game of four games of zero touchdown passes. Ooh, and Devontae Adams is not playing. is not in there. Ah. You got the running backs, which is a pretty good situation, but you're going up against that Minnesota Vikings defense. What do you think?
4: Over, under, nine and a half points. I think they can get ten. I think they can get a touchdown a field goal. Yeah. yeah, I'm going over nine and a half. Over nine and a half. Yep. Would ten and a half be a better number? I might go under ten and a half. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think... Look, this, this, this could be bad. On Saturday night, offensively, it's going to be cold. It's going to be like one degree at kickoff. Nobody's going to want to get hit. You're playing out the string. I know it's against the Vikings and all that, but Vikings have already. You're done. You're. I just don't see a lot of good stuff happening on Saturday night. And By the way, it is a Saturday night game. It's weird to have an NFL Saturday night game or a Packers Saturday night game, but that's the case. I'm going under on ten and a half.
5: Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go over, and, and here's the only reason why Uh is because it seems that. In the NFL, when you think you know what's going to happen, there's like a big curveball and something strange happens, right? Like we all thought when I, when you looked at the Packers and Steelers on Sunday Night Football, at least I looked at and said, "Well, that's a loss. So I wonder how bad it's going to be." And instead, it turned out to be a delightful game. Pretty, it did pretty fun game. Um, obviously not the right end for the Packers. So I'm going to just go over for the fact that I think they'll be able to manage three field goals. Or or maybe three field goals and a touchdown or or something the combination that would go over ten and a half. All Obviously right. not three field goals, but you know what I mean.
4: Book it. All right, Four number three. what are we down to? Three. Number three.
3: Number
5: three. I saw this Ted, and I want to ask you since I have NBA Ted on the air with me. This is mm-hmm. from Sports Center. They uh, they released the 2018 Basketball Hall of Fame first time candidates.
4: I saw that, and it's a good class this year.
5: Yeah. So, I mean, here, here they are. I, I, I'm guess. Are they all in, or is this just the candidates? These then, are the candidates. Okay, here we go. Jason Kidd, he's in. Steve Nash, he's in.
4: Ray Allen, he is in. Grant Hill. Ooh. The only thing that Grant Hill got hurt a lot, and it really cut into his production and how good he could be. Does this great guy? Great teammate, but I'm not sure he had the, he didn't have the same kind of career that a Nash or a Ray Allen or a Jason Kidd had because he got hurt so much. I think he's borderline. Does this include college? Or is it just... Well, it could include college, too. Yeah, but they they do both. That might put him over the top, though. That might put him over the top. Yeah, he was a terrific college player. Yep. Chauncey Billups. Interesting, because he started as the third pick in the draft, was a bust, Played with five teams before he found his home in Detroit and then was Mr. Big Shot on those great Pistons championship teams that championship team that won one, went to the finals the next year and just barely lost to the Spurs. Uh, yeah, I think Chauncey Billups is in. Yeah, I got Bill- Lucky Land Casino, asking
1: people, what's the weirdest place
4: you've gotten lucky?
0: Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do
3: I have to
10: say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really?
0: Yes.
1: Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
10: I never win and tell.
1: Well, there you have it. You could get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
5: Billups' career stats here. Uh, 15,000 career points for Chauncey Billups. His, like you said, a slow start to his career. His peak was about 19.5 points
4: per game
5: as far as scoring He had the Sam Cassell
4: kind of cojones, though, when the game was on the line. Yeah. That's why they called him Mr. Big Shot. And then uh, I have here Rip Hamilton. Oh, no. Uh, good career. Good, solid, long NBA career. Good sidekick to Billups on that Pistons team, but I don't think he's a Hall of Famer.
5: Also had a good college career, too, right? UConn? At UConn. Yeah. One the I, I don't think thought, he's a Hall of Famer. No? No. But Jason Kidd, for sure.
4: Oh, slam dunk. Yeah. And Ray Allen and Steve Nash. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, all three of those guys are first-time ballot. Put them in, no question.
5: Speaking of Jason Kidd, he was on the Dan Patrick Show today, and we will Mm -hmm. have that in about 25 minutes or so. If you missed it. Nice
4: good cross-promotion there, John, because I'd forgotten to say that.
5: In case you missed it, we've got Jason Kidd.
4: Jason Kidd was on the Dan Patrick Show this morning, coming up at 5.30. All right,
5: here we go, number two. Number two. Uh, meeting the media today was Mike McCarthy. He said a lot of things. One of the interesting things he said, or the phrase that he said, Ted, today was patterns of negativity. Take a listen. Talking about learning from this past season.
7: We have to get better through the adversity that we've been through this year. Uh, we have to be honest about the patterns of, you know, patterns of uh, negativity and positivity. You know, what, what, what comes from that? How do you learn from that? How do you improve? Because, To win championships, you have to go through adverse moments, and we've had plenty this year. And not hitting our goal, you know, not playing to the standard of the Green Bay Packers is definitely an adverse, adverse situation. We need to learn from.
4: In another cut, he said that uh, the evaluation process has already begun, and that everyone is going to be held accountable. And if he's going to look at negativity, and hold it accountable. What's the only thing that's really been that negative in the last few years, John?
5: That would be the defense led by uh-huh. defensive coordinator Dom Capers.
4: Uh-huh. So, that leads everybody to think that maybe he's uh, contemplating a change on that side of the football. We'll see. It's up to McCarthy. He he controls the assistant coaches and whether or not they they uh, continue on. Uh, Dom Capers, when he came in, was very good early. We talked about this earlier in the show. His first two years, they were second and fifth in overall defense. Since then, and he's been there, what, 10 years, John? Is it 10?
5: I think this was his ninth season. of Ninth. Not so, okay, so the it's next like seven nine ten, years. Nine or ten,
4: yeah. Okay, the next seven years, if it's been nine, next seven years they failed to crack the top ten. So it's seven years in a row where they're not in the top ten. This year they're 26th you went through some of the other stats that are just bad on the defensive side of the football bad just well,
5: terrible i mean last year they they allowed uh the opposition to complete 65% of its passes this year it's up to 68 it's 31st in the league
4: what's their first down passing first down number
5: ah uh, did i have that uh let me see here i saw another one as far as like um like touchdowns allowed, passing touchdowns allowed too. They're just horrible. Uh, uh, they've allowed 190 first-down receptions this season, second most in the NFL.
4: 191st-down receptions. Well, if they're going to make a change, that's where it's going to happen. But again, Green Bay is not a place that makes changes. The glaciers carved out that area, and so it's glacial in Green Bay. Maybe I'm wrong this time. Maybe McCarthy realizes that what we're doing isn't working on the defensive side of the football I got to make a change there, but until I see it, John, I ain't going to believe it. All right. What are we at? Number one.
5: Number one. Poll question today I put up for the rundown with John Audius. If you're listening from 11 to noon this morning, how will you handle Saturday's Packers Vikings game? Fan perspective here. You're going to watch all of it. You'll check in every so often. You're not going to turn it on or something else. And 50% right now, Ted, 50%. Half a Packer fan say, were you kidding me? I'm going
4: to watch that. I'm watching my
5: Packers. Thirty-two percent say they'll check in every so often.
4: How many say they're not going to watch it at all? Uh, about fourteen percent. Count me among the fourteen percent because I'll be doing a Bucks basketball game in Charlotte. Pretend the Bucks weren't playing, and you had oh, the the big okay. comfy
5: uh, chair and
4: the yeah. seven steps and everything. Jack and Coke in my hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Here's what I'd do. I would watch the first quarter, and then when it gets bad, I'm on to Netflix. So that's it. I'd give it the first quarter. If it's bad after one quarter, I'm done. And I think most people, if they're honest, they're doing the same thing. You're not going to watch all of it. If it's 27 to 7 early in the third quarter, you're done. You're not watching all of it. Don't tell me you're watching all of it cuz I know you're not.
5: Right. I think I think the intention there when you vote I'm going to watch all of it is I'm going to start watching it. You know, like my my intention is on Saturday night to watch the Packers game. But if it does get out of hand, I don't think anyone blames you if you're going to turn the station. Like I think your intent is, my intent is, I'm going to sit down and watch the Packers game until it gets to a point, or if it gets to a point where it's out of hand, then I'm not going to watch it. Craig tweeted at John Audis Radio. He does the old DVR trick and he watches it by hitting the 30 second jump button every after every play. That's good. Yeah, good
4: to do.
7: Yeah,
5: really speeds up the game. I always uh, you taught me the trick uh, a couple years back, Ted, and this is what I do for Sunday night football. Uh, sometimes, because the my kids always, you know, it's about her bedtime. Um, I DVR it, and right. then I started about I don't know half hour or maybe forty five minutes 45 later. Forty five minutes later, yeah, maybe a little bit later, and then you catch up, and it's great. You go
4: right through halftime. I think you yep. usually catch up about the third quarter. About the third quarter, you don't have to sit through the ads. Yeah, it's great. You miss the dilly dilly ads. <laughs> I honestly. I've watched
5: so many games like this. I don't even do it for Sunday night. I sometimes do it just for the afternoon games because I'm busy. I'm mm-hmm. doing stuff. i got women's basketball games or whatever. Um I, I I missed dilly dilly until like a month ago. You hadn't seen it until I, a month ago? I when when a Ted, when a commercial comes on, I've got a little girl either I'm DVRing oh, okay. or I got a little girl that says, Let's play princesses, commercial okay. time. I'm like, okay.
4: Well, tell your wife to grow up. <laughs>
5: No, I met my daughter. Oh, your daughter. Yeah. Okay. I, my wife doesn't play princesses.
4: Sorry, that's a whole different story. Yeah, yeah. You, you know what I was hoping when, uh, you know, I had this all planned out in my head. When 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 Deli and Della Vadova and Tiletovich got injured, and then Snell got hurt, and they were all three hurt at the same time, when they came back, I had this all planned out in my head. And now Tiletovich is not going to come back for a while, and God bless him. I hope he gets better. Uh, he's got an illness that he's got to deal with. But I had it in my head that when they came back, I could do like a playoff of the Dilly Dilly, and I could say, hey, tonight for the Bucks, it's Deli Telly. <laughs> and then I could go, it's Deli Telly Snelly. They're all back. <laughs> that is awesome. Dang, I didn't get to do it, though. You can still do Deli Snelly. Deli mm-hmm. Snelly. Yeah. Dilly Dilly, Deli Snelly. <laughs> dilly Dilly, Deli Snelly. Deli to see, s- s- yeah. See, people ask me w- two things. Why have you never grown up? Yeah. And the other thing is, is, is why does your mind wander off in that direction during a game? And I say to them, I have three hours to fill.
5: How do you, so, so when you come up with some of these, these, the Athan Wisconsin, uh, the yeah. alphabet, are you just sitting around and all of a sudden it comes to you and you're like, Ooh, I better write that one down.
4: Yeah, I and have to write just, it down.
5: And you just take it to the, to the broadcast booth later.
4: Yeah. Hmm. I, I, I had to write down the Bruce City keg, which I like. Chris, yeah. Eric, and Giannis, Bruce City keg. He poured in 71 in the last game. You can tap the keg right here in Milwaukee for 71 points. Boom. All right. uh, We don't get to do this when Mike Heller is here. He bans it. uh, So he's not here. So we're going to do it. This is what happens when uh, the adult leaves the room. Uh, The kids who are left are going to play. We do this because, quite frankly, at this point of the day, we're out of creative ideas. So we're going to scroll on Twitter when we come back. We all do this. We all take our device in our hand. We hit the Twitter app, and we scroll. You do it. I do it. All God's children, scroll. John and I are going to scroll on Twitter next. It's coming up. I'm Ted Davis. And Jay Kidd at the bottom of the hour on the Dan Patrick Show. Back after this, I'm Ted Davis with John Audius. John tells me, as the producer, we don't have time to dilly dally or dilly dilly. We got to get to Twitter scrolling right now, so we can get to Jason Kidd. So uh, th- we have a production value on this thing. Hit the music, there, John. Here we go. Here we go. All right, uh, Twitter scrolling. We all do it. I'm doing it. I'm scrolling. Jimmy Garoppolo might be the best quarterback ever. John, do you realize he's three and 0 as a 49ers starter? Uh, I did not. Three and O as a 49ers starter. Yeah, Uh, Here's a good one. Uh, The Winter Olympics in South Korea might be too cold for the Winter Olympics in South Korea.
5: Wait, wait, that was it? That was it with the Garoppolo thing? He's just 3-0? Yeah. Okay, okay, I thought there was more. Okay,
4: keep going. Winter Olympics. Sorry. Uh, Here's a poll. New Star Wars movie. 28% loved it. 36% said it was okay. 19% disappointed. 17% said it sucked. Have you seen it, John? What? Really? I'm disappointed in that poll result because, no, I haven't, and I'm looking forward to seeing it. I loved it. I'd give it like an 8 on a 10. I'd go 28%. I loved it. Oh, good. uh, Good, 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 good. good. All right. Hey, Uh, I got
5: one real quick. Uh, It looks like Vince McMahon might be trying to bring back the XFL. Hmm. Here's the headline from SportsCenter. McMahon sells WWE shares, has eye on football. He filed for five trademarks to the XFL
4: uh, last week. Well, if you want to throw your money down that rabbit hole, go ahead. Oh, that's not a good idea, is it? No, it's not. The NFL will crush you. He hates me. Do. Remember him? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I do. XFL. Golden State tonight will be without Draymond Green, Zaza Pachulia, Sean Livingston, Andre Iguodala, and Steph Curry as they take on the Memphis Grizzlies. They're still favored by 10, by the way. I I, I just threw that part in. So. They'll win anyway. Uh, hey, Bucks and Cavs, the most watched game on NBA TV this year. The Bucks-Cavs game on Tuesday was on NBA TV. Hmm. It's their most watched game of the season. How about that? So you had the star power of Giannis and LeBron, and they drew 704,000 viewers, which is their best uh, rating so far.
5: Hmm. I got a stat that uh, Packers fans will be watching for on Saturday night. If the Vikings get to uh, quarterback Brett Hundley, it's Mm -hmm. not a good thing. Hundley has completed 31.6% of his passes when under pressure this season, which ranks second worst among qualified quarterbacks. There you go. That ain't good. That's not going to be good if that happens.
4: Tweet from Skip Bayless. He's gone bad on your Minnesota Vikings, John. Uh, Skip Bayless tweeted today about the Vikings. A team way outplaying their talent. They will go back to being the Vikings again. The same trash as always. The big question is, when is being the best in the division not enough in Green Bay? So he took a slap at both Green Bay and the Vikings in one tweet. Way to go, Skip Bayless. I want everybody to
5: identify how to read a Skip Bayless tweet. He's going to have a strong opinion no matter if he believes it or not. So just be prepared for that, obviously. And then he's going to throw in like these buzzwords like trash or <laughs> all time. Or, you know, he's going to he's going to have a word in there that's yeah. really going to set off his opinion, which he may or may not believe, so I just okay, that's fine. I know what I know what's happening. I I identified the pattern, and I'm not falling for the pattern mm-hmm. that you're trying to get me to fall for.
4: He's all up in your head, John. He's all up in your cranium. Head. Yeah. Hey, I got yeah, one real quick.
5: Right. Real quick. Uh, I, cause you can add an uh, end on that good one. Um, did you know Apple admits that they slow down iPhones? They admitted Damn this. Them. Did you see this? Basically, Damn them. Basically, what happens is. Um, whether or not, they're not admitting that there's software updates to it, although in a way it does. So basically your battery gets old, right? Yeah. And as your battery gets old, the new software updates tell it, hey, this battery is not operating at full capacity, so slow down your processing speed. Oh, that's to get you to buy a new phone. Right, so then the battery right. gets old, your phone slows down, when all you got to do, instead of get a new iPhone, they say, send it into Apple, get a new battery, boom, fixed in a second.
4: All right, thanks. We got to go now because Jason Kidd is next. He was on the Dan Patrick Show today. We'll find out what he said next. I'm Ted Davis. Once I was on the Dan Patrick Show... They called me to learn how to say Giannis Adetacumbo, and I gave them a lesson. We'll see if they learned anything because Jason Kidd was on the Dan Patrick show today, and here's what uh, he had to say and how that went. Roll he, it, John. Uh, in case you missed it, and Ted, listen, because uh, I noticed they talked about Giannis,
5: but it's interesting how Dan Patrick handled that, okay? All right, here we go. Here we go.
8: We were just wondering if you didn't go uh, to Cal out of high school, where would you have gone?
9: Uh, Kansas. Ooh. How close was it to going to Kansas? Uh, I was between it was between Cal and Kansas. Those were the two last schools. Um, with my dad's family being from from that area, um, the, the, those were the two schools. Um, I had Larry Brown. He was he came in. He him and Campanelli were the only two coaches to come into the house. So it was between those two.
8: Didn't you beat Kansas your uh, freshman year?
9: No, no, no. We. <laughs> We, we lost to them in uh, the Sweet 16 after uh, beating Duke in the tournament. They were the next opponent, and we came up a little short. I thought you played them. Did you play them in the regular season? We did. We played them in, at their place. We, I lost to them twice in the, okay. in the tournament.
0: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void are by loss. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
9: And then, uh, and then my sophomore year, we went to Kansas and played them there. And uh, we came up short again.
8: Would you have been a one-and-done?
9: One-and-done? No, I I think, uh, no. I I would probably, probably if I went to Kansas, I probably would have to stay another year, stay three years. Um, Because they had some talented point guards. I think Adonis Jordan was there. Uh, So as a freshman, I probably would have had to come off the bench.
8: You wouldn't have started at Kansas? I don't think so. Wow, I, that's a great question. Wow, well, that's why you didn't go to Kansas, Jason.
9: <laughs>
8: <laughs> uh, what about? Could you have played out of high school in the NBA? Uh, maybe. That's a yes. Maybe. That's a humble yes, right?
9: No, yeah, it's just it may, I, you know, because I, I got to play with with the with the uh, the pros very early, you know, in high school, so. Um the fear factor wasn't there because I you know, played against Chris, against Chris Mullen, Tim Hardaway, um, you know, Marshall Onis, Gary Payton, B. Shaw, you know, those guys on on a daily basis in the summertime. So, um maybe. Wait, that, wait, that, so you know, in,
8: in high school you're going against these guys?
9: Yeah, I, I was lucky, you know, Don Nelson invited me over to play against, you know, those guys at uh, Golden State, you know, Mitch Richmond uh run T M C when you had um Mullen and, and Tim Hardaway, you know, being able to uh play against those guys while they practice, you know, mm. that was that was a lot of fun. It was a great experience. Did you so you played against Gary Payton as well? Well I got to you know, I grew up uh under him so yes I you know I got to play against him and B Shaw, Antonio Davis, Greg Foster, um you know, so I, I got to play against those guys while they were, you know, on their way to the NBA or in the NBA, um, you know, out of high school.
8: Did Peyton trash talk to you, or was he more of a a mentor? Oh, no, both. (laughs) (laughs) All right, right, here's a couple of questions we had from the other day. If I said you could start your team and playing with today's NBA, you can start with Shaq or Kobe, who are you starting your team with?
9: Oh, man, you know, Shaq Shaq could have done a lot more than he was probably – I don't want to say, you know, let to do cuz he could handle he, you know. Oof, good question. I, I'm I'm going to go with uh I'm going with Kobe. What's your favorite Kobe story? Favorite Kobe story? Um I guess coming back uh from an injury when I had the blonde hair and I had I ended up guarding him <laughs> down the stretch. <laughs> and uh he went the jump for the for the game winner on a jump shot. I went the jump um, I was already down, and he was still up. <laughs> and you know how the story goes. He makes it. So,
8: <laughs> Do you think the blonde hair, like, uh, did, did... Help, help, help me down. <laughs> it, was, it, was a, it was a parachute. It, it didn't let me get off the ground. All right, here's the other question. I'll give you Shaq and Kobe or Jordan and Pippen. Ooh.
9: <laughs> I mean, these are, who, who thinks of these questions? These are great questions. We have a lot of
8: time. Uh, we have a lot of time on our hands, Jason. I'm, I see that. I'm going to go with MJ and Scotty. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's a wrong answer, but no, there. But I think Jordan's always the right answer.
9: I think you can. You, if you're the coach of either of those teams, you go to sleep uh, very well each night. <laughs> you don't have to worry.
8: Uh Okay, we love to compare. We love, you know, it's like uh, Lonzo Ball was going to be the next Jason Kidd. Now the Greek Freaks, the next LeBron. So who's closer? Is, is Lonzo closer to being the next Jason Kidd or the Greek Freak, the
9: next LeBron? I would say the Greek Freak uh, to LeBron.
8: What do you see with his game, you know, the development of it, and, and what's left in your role as coach of Greek Freak?
9: Well, I think uh, just... he's a sponge where he can absorb, uh, you know, what's being said to him and then being able to translate that, uh, you know, taking that onto the court. And I think also, you know, he's shown a lot of, you know, patience. You've heard the stories of, you know, not letting him shoot the three when we got here and entrusting us with that uh, to help him, you know, develop, something that he could have that you know that he can rely on and as you can see when he has the ball he's as good as anyone in the open court uh and also when he has the ball in the paint he's one of the best finishers uh, but it's just something that he trusted and when he trusts someone um you know he, he he does all the work and you can see that it's a lot of fun to watch lebron
8: talked to you during the game
9: uh we just talked real briefly at the start i just wished him good luck but that's and it merry christmas so he doesn't say anything during a game? Uh, no, he 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 was talking. He was shooting the ball extremely well, uh, and he he let us know um, that he was shooting, <laughs> shooting well.
8: Well, wait, how does he do that? So when he releases it, does he turn to the bench and say something?
9: Oh no, he doesn't have to turn to the bench. Uh, he after he releases it and you can and it goes in. He 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 just he can let you know nicely that he is <laughs> shoot, shooting the ball at a high level. <laughs>
8: You became a dangerous shooter later in your career. Did you change your shot? Because, I, And the reason why I bring this up is I think you're on record as saying Lonzo needs to change his shot. Did you change your shot later in your career?
9: Yeah, I did change my shot. You know, coming into the league, um, I, I didn't shoot the ball extremely well. Um, my focus wasn't to shoot it. It was to, to find the open guy. Or try to score it. Um, shooting was not something that I, I worked on early in my career, but as I got older, um, the technique and, and what I needed to do to become a better shooter and also to extend my career um, was something that I worked on when I was in New Jersey.
8: But your form—you at least had form
9: to work with. Yeah, but everybody's different, you know. I, I you know, I thought there was a comparison of Kevin Martin and 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 ball in the the way that they shoot the ball um not saying that it's the exact but it's like a golf swing everybody's you know has a different golf swing you know jim ferick has a, a different golf swing compared to tiger woods yeah. um, but it it it's about the impact right with the swing it they, you get back to square square one but for the jump shot yeah, i think it just he he has to he's going to have to fix it at some point
8: well it it's i know what you're saying with the golf swing but nobody's trying to block your golf
9: swing and and his <laughs> Right? you know, did, Yeah, he's got to create room. If he doesn't create room going going right, it's hard for him to, to shoot it.
8: Explain this to me as I watch James Harden. I don't know what he does well athletically. Like, he doesn't jump out of the gym. He's not the quickest guy. He's not the fastest guy. But it feels like whenever he wants to score, he can score.
9: Explain that yeah, to I, me. I, Yeah, I just saw that up close uh, recently. Um, he is very talented. It's amazing. Um you know, he. I think people don't understand how big he really is. You know, you you sometimes think he is, you know, six four, six three, but he's not. He's he's a big guy who can handle the ball, um, has has a rhythm to it, and uh, knows how to get to his spots. Uh, he's he's like Ginobili, you know knows how you know he knows yeah. he's left-handed and wants to get to his left hand <laughs> and he's going to get to his left hand and there's nothing you can do about it um and then i think just his tempo he's never in a rush he and, he and again i think he's a student of the game he knows how to to draw fouls um he knows how to put pressure on the defense and the officials
8: you faced him uh what last saturday yeah. <laughs> do, 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 do you feel sorry for the guy on your team who's got to guard him?
9: I, I feel. I don't feel sorry. I, I guess, shoot, I, I've been in that position, and no one felt sorry for me. But I, I think it's it's just a challenge. You know, when you go against the best, you you want to try to slow them down. You're not going to stop them. But you who was the you guy gotta...
8: that you guarded, and you just you just <sighs> went, I I got no chance here. That nobody's going <laughs> to well, feel sorry for me.
9: Well, I mean, Kobe and 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 you know the likes of I had my rookie year. I got to guard Michael. That no one felt sorry for me. Um, <laughs> did they know, put up
8: I, big numbers on you?
9: Uh, I think yes, they probably did. <laughs> and Michael probably could have put up bigger numbers. I think he just he might have felt sorry for me. <laughs> and you probably don't want to say a word to Jordan. Oh no
8: no no (laughs) it only makes it worse right
9: good 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 evening mr jordan (laughs) what can i get for you mr jordan we'll get you a towel as as the timeout is going out i'll get you the towel um no you don't want to say anything but you want to compete and you do want to you know try to slow them down but look they're 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 special for a reason and uh you know Allen Iverson is another guy, extremely fast and and crafty and knows how to score the ball. And You knew he's shooting the ball, so that's what made it even worse.
8: Uh, I don't know if you saw in the news LeVar Ball talking about maybe kids coming out of high school and maybe you could develop sort of an AAU-type league for one year instead of uh, going to college. What do you think of that possibility?
9: Um, Well, I think, one, we got to get um, more coaches, um, better teachers, in the AAU circuit um, because I think a lot of the kids are missing the fact of the fundamentals uh, and we're at the highest level trying to teach the fundamentals of the game instead of just teaching the X and O's. And so I think we we have to start recruiting better teachers and coaches to uh, help our youth. In, in the sport of basketball,
8: yeah, there, there's some bad habits out there. Plus, you're getting an unfinished product, and you're teaching them things that should have been taught years prior.
9: Yeah, they're missing a lot. And so, when at this level, when you're being judged on wins and losses, and you and you can't even um, get to that point of you know, self about wins and losses because you're spending more time trying to teach the fundamental of of the game. Um, it, it you know. The unfinished product is not finished until it's 23, 24 years old, and a lot of the coaches at this level won't be able to see that to the end.
8: Uh, I got you. Jordan had 36 on you, Uh, your your rookie. You had a triple-double, though, your your second year against him. No, no, not not, not your rookie. Oh. Yeah. Oh. I got 25, 15, and 11. You torched Jordan. You owned Jordan in that game, but I got him 36 your first meeting with Jordan. You could have just said it was my first year. That would have, you know, that would have made. I'm all about really accuracy. Perfect. You know what? Know. <laughs> the way I broadcast is the way I shoot my jumper. It's about accuracy, Jason. You know that. Uh, I know. I know your jump shot. That's, oh, know, no, no. I, I wasn't going to bring it up. I know. I didn't I know. About I'm sorry. That, that I didn't raggedy jump shot. <laughs> am I raggedy? <laughs> I shoot better than Vadova. <laughs> I would take a piece out of Vadova, Just letting you know. They call me. They call me the Irish freak. Just to let you know, Jason. <laughs>
9: <laughs> the, uh, the I own Jordan the second year, though. That, yes. that's cool. That's that. Hey, it makes me feel good going to practice today.
0: Yeah, but you should
8: get this box score and just put it up and put, let you, and frame let you, it. Yes, and just <laughs> let, let your your kids, you know, your, your players look at it. and Go, yo, coach, you put up a triple double on on Mike. You dropped the mic.
9: Uh, you know what's funny is uh, we're running into the era of people not knowing who MJ is. So uh, I would have to put a picture up there with next. Oh,
8: that's it. not true.
9: I uh, think if it, if it wasn't for his shoes, we, they would not know who MJ is. Oh my gosh!
8: Uh, all they need to do is look down to know who Michael Jordan is. They <laughs> <laughs> see those shoes. Uh, hey, good luck this season. Always great to catch up with you, Jason. Thank you. I appreciate it, Dan. Have a great holiday. Thank you. You too. That's uh, Jason Kidd.
4: All right, good stuff. Uh, I love hearing basketball players talk about other basketball players. So that was a good segment. And and Dan Patrick is a good interviewer. So that was a good segment. Do you see how he handled the uh, yeah. avoiding Giannis' name? Didn't even try it. Just said Greek freak. You can at least go Giannis. I mean, that's just a one-name thing. But great. see, I don't like the Greek freak. It kind of I don't. Th- I think it's demeaning. He's not a freak. He's a good athlete he's not a freak but But freak in a good way freaking that he takes like two strides to cover half a court yeah i'm just calling me honest now you know i I work in the alphabet every now and then Mm -hmm. you know i work the alphabet in every now and then it's when he hits a three because it's the michael jackson song remember the michael jackson song a b c easy as Mm -hmm. one two three so i go a b c a b c easy as one two three for the alphabet yeah see there you go uh we're going to close with this story today you know the cheating website Ashley Madison, John? You know that website, I don't you? Remember it got, it blew up, right? Like, yeah. yeah. It, it has sued Tinder, another cheating website, for an app called Casual X, claiming it's a branding and slogan infringement. Uh, Casual X uses the words, life is boring, desire a fling, while Ashley Madison says, life is short, have an affair. Ashley Madison says that, uh, they're 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 dedicated to helping married people have a fling or an affair. Well, you got to have a goal in life, so there you are. My advice to Ashley Madison and a tender is this: R E L A X. Look, the news recently tells us that there are enough network anchors and politicians to keep everybody busy for as long as you want. Don't worry about it. Don't sue each other. Don't waste your money in court. All right, that's it for today's show. It's been fun. Tomorrow night, I'll be at the corner of 4th and State, Bucks and Hornets, tomorrow night. Tip-off is at 7. I'll be uh, on the air down the dial. Uh, go go left down the dial from where you are now. And then uh, we'll see you somewhere down. I'm, I'm in next week. I'm in, like, next Wednesday. All right, I'm Ted Davis. It's in the bank. Thank you, John Audius. Uh, we'll see you next time right here on the Mike Heller Show.